Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. Ah, it's worse because of that. Okay. This is God. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that yanking your wanky takes <laughs> ten years off of your life. All right, so that was bad. Sorry. That's um, okay. It's been a long day. Been a long day. Uh, no, no, no. That's the the gates of. Uh... Lothlorien, I think, from Lord of the Rings. Okay, I was about to say, it looked like Stormwind for some reason. Yeah. Alright. Uh, I need two. Two. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the show. I made sure that I, that was extra loud because Burke still had his ears in. Actually, I just switched to my speakers, which are turned off, so I didn't hear a dang thing you said. Sorry. Oh, damn her. <laughs> this is, uh, uh, well, it, it, this is the last installment of the Lord of the Rings. Ah! What the hell? Samantha. What is going on over there? Samantha and cat stuff. What do you want? What do you expect? Oh, is that Kendrick? Oh, oh. oh. here I go having to edit again. <laughs> you don't ever edit. Don't lie. I've, I'm to the point of where, why? Nobody Every listens. time you talk about taking your brother's name out of there, you never do. Five. five. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I gotta take his name out again. Yeah, oh, never sorry. happens. Sorry, brother. Well, no, I did. I did take his name out of the Pickaway Prison episode, but now that I've said that out loud, everyone knows that it's. <laughs> it's it's been a long day. All right, hey, we have Sam with us today, and Hello. what? What people don't know is that Sam is now in charge of the social media stuff because Burke and I are old and we don't know how to do it. And we suck at it. We suck at it. I can't promise I'll be amazing, but I can promise that I will at least be active. So, well, here's yeah, here's you're what I'm 100% ahead of us now. Here's yeah, here's what I've noticed so far. Uh, you made one post, and that's one post more than I've made. So, and I've had two people share it so far. 
I don't and know I got how. Followers. <laughs> I and and that's fabulous. I mean, I it's so good. It's, so good. I, I now have to figure out the whole TikTok thing, um, because I don't want to lose my TikTok because I have a bunch of people that I follow that I like to follow, and and I don't want you looking at that because um, it well, would, honestly, I'll probably just it would make, make videos it, and I can send them to you, and then you can post them. That might work. Yeah, I definitely but, don't don't want you to. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the first thing you'll say is no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That or you can repost ones because I can just post them on my account and then you can repost them on yours. Actually, that would probably work. Too. Oh, that would totally yeah. work. That way, that way, that way, you're not going through my stuff. Going. Why does my dad hang out with this guy again? Why are they all half naked? I don't get it. And none Did of they them not have a... <laughs> <laughs> Again, I follow cosplayers. Nothing. You right, know so... where I work. Nothing freaks me out anymore. I don't go. I, I... <laughs> so I was talking to Burke the other day, and and. and I, I was like, Burke, you, you have to understand that Samantha's becoming a part of the show. And he turned, looked at me, and went, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong, Burke? Come on, Samantha brings a younger crowd into it. Um, Which is good or bad, I'm not quite sure yet, because <laughs> I think our demographic is 65 to dead. I got I got the 20 and like in I got between my age and you guys. I can't say much for lower cuz I really besides like Alyssa who is like a year under me who's my best friend like pretty much everyone I hang out with is like slightly older than me so like Ooh. can't say much. I got a good like range. That could be a good thing for us. Um mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll take anybody. We love all of you that already do listen. We love all of you that are going to listen. See, we don't care. Just listen. See, see Bert. Burke is just nice to you people, and I just sit back and go, I don't care anymore. I'm just here to have fun and drink a little. So, so everybody, welcome, Sam. Sam, what did you do this past weekend? And what are you drinking? She's what not even drinking yet. Did you do anything fun this last week? Oh, test scores. No. Oh, yeah. Um, so I got a 98 on one of my pharmacology exams on Monday. Awesome. Huge, because pharmacology is really hard for anyone that is in nursing or even just studies some form of like medicine. Um, it's one of the hardest and worst courses in nursing. Um, I cried a little bit because I was so excited. <laughs> so that was a good Monday. It's all the clint. That's yep. a, it was um, so good. It was so good. That was pretty much all I did. Um, I'm currently, unfortunately, not drinking anything besides water. What? Um, because what I do work tomorrow. Oh. Uh, School night. Well, no, it's a work, work night. Work night, and my butt has to be up at five a.m. and I'm horrible. Oh, how sad! I usually Next have. Time. I That's usually okay. have to be at the 
at the golf course by 5.30, which means I'm up at 3. Because it takes a little bit of time to get this old ass out of bed. Yes. All right, so how about you, Perk? What'd you do last weekend? Uh, nothing, man. I, I vegetated on Sunday and didn't do a whole lot. Looking at, um, looking at replacing the toilet here pretty soon with something that's a little newer. And all the newer toilets sit up about an inch and a half higher than the old ones do, which yes. just makes life a whole lot simpler and get one of those dual flush things. Man, I, I need you to go get one of those Japanese toilets. <laughs> I miss I miss the buttons that we had. Oh, oh yeah. in the back. Yeah, well, those were fun. <laughs> I is it going to have a bidet built into it? No, no. This is just oh. a. You should get a bidet. Yeah, you really should. You life just... life is never the same after having hot water shot up your asshole. <laughs> I loved every minute of that when I was that in Puerto Rico. Me. Oh, that was so toasty. Oh, I could do that all day. Never mind. I'm not. <laughs> I've had people I work with also say that bidets are just amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, trust me. Uh, it's, it, it, is, it is the epitome of a colonic. I love every, <laughs> every second of it. Gentle water massage on just, my pillow. <laughs> It's the only time you get to touch your asshole and be happy. <laughs> do not choke on a grape. That would be bad. Whatever you do, oh, don't, no. don't, don't smell your fingers afterwards. <laughs> uh. I was talking to somebody the other day. It's like it's kind of a guy thing. It's like whatever you stick your finger into, you have to smell it to sample it. It's just kind of a guy. <laughs> okay, okay. Ooh, on that note, I think we need to figure out what we're drinking. <laughs> you do have fun. Alrighty. All right, Sam. We will Bye -bye. catch you later. I'm you sorry. If anything else, let me know. Sure thing. Whatever you do, don't post about the... Uh... <laughs> I'll post about the bidet. Uh, well, that, okay. I, I'm all about that. Freaking free colonic. I am all about that. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're waiting for Burke to put his ears in, and then we're going to discuss what we're drinking tonight, which uh, for some of us, it'll be very easy. I don't know how. Uh... Speakers, phones. Hey, I got headphones in. Yay. Um, I have noticed that my glasses are never straight on my face ever since I got into the shooting accident. Oh, sorry. Uh, I am so sorry, audience. I did not mean to do that. Oh, sure. Uh, I know nothing. Nothing. No. Oh, God. He's sniffing his fingers already. Uh, so what are you drinking tonight, Burke? Tonight, I have Boone County Small Batch Bourbon Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I take it it's from Boone County. Probably. And I think the only reason I bought it is because I looked at it and went, Boone's Farm makes bourbon? No, wait, Boone County. That's different. Okay, never mind. 1833. Uh, something about the Ohio River. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Petersburg, locals. Blah, blah, blah. Made by ghosts. I don't understand it. Boone County, Kentucky. 
Alright. Wait, made by ghosts? We honor their industry and determination with each bottle of our small batch straight bourbon whiskey. In the spirit of those who came before us, we are made by ghosts. Really? Metaphysical for a whiskey bottle, but what the heck? Good on them. Made by ghosts. So you are 100% purchasing something made by crazy folk. Not the first time. Uh, we were in theater. Um, <laughs> mm. Tonight, I'm not drinking shit. I listened to last week's podcast. Tonight, I'm not drinking shit. I am sticking with beer. That oh, is okay. it. Um, after, after the three-hour mark of our show last week, Burke was, and I was, and then I would just shut up because every time I spoke, it was slurred. Uh, yes. So anyway, on, on, on first taste of this, it is. It's nice. Uh, it's a little lighter than some bourbons. Nice high notes. Nice vanilla right off the bat. It's very smooth. And considering it is, oh, God, I can't read without my 90.8 proof. But no, this is, this is, this is really nice. Okay. I'm digging it. Yeah. Yeah, that is really, really smooth and it's not complicated. It's a very easy, very easy drink. This is probably one of those that will sneak up on me and make me fall on the floor. Well, I I don't know about that. Um Oh man, you know what I forgot? What did you do, Ray? Oh, I forgot the countdown timer again. Um, anyways, so this was Boone's what? Boone's County. Boone, no, just Boone County Small Batch Bourbon. Boone County Small Batch. I think I've already picked out next week's bourbon for me. I saw something there and I was like, it was very tempting. I was torn between the two and. I, I, uh. I'm doing Balfour next week. Balfour. Um, yeah, I sent you a picture of it. It's a very Art Deco bottle. Um, I think it was $72 a bottle. Um, let me see if I can find the photo for you. No, I mark five. Potatoes. 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 Uh, There's your kneel messed up. I know you may not have sent it. Well, here. Unless it is in front of your board there. Angels Envy, American Kentucky, and then something with the label hidden. 
which is not Art Deco. I just sent you one. Okay. I sent you the picture. I got a new message. Ooh, pretty. You might have sent that initially. So did you get the rye? I did. Ooh. That's the stuff I'm trying next week, too, is a rye, I believe. Yeah, this uh, this Balfour, um, all of the reviews on it are are incredibly good. Um, it's ninety four proof. I I went to, uh, so I guess I should talk about this now. Last week after the show, I ended up going to a a whiskey and bourbon tasting. Uh, Thing that was being done at one of the distilleries over here in in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and I had a blast. Yeah, I bet, but I learned a lot. Um, like almost a hundred percent of the bourbons that are are top shelf or or you know some of the better bourbons will be at or above ninety. 90 proof mm -hmm. um the lower the alcohol rating the less uh prestige it has in the bourbon world which <laughs> i i can kind of understand but i kind of don't because i i'm not usually <laughs> until we started this podcast i didn't go and get drunk every week <laughs> It was every day. <laughs> mm. So I went and learned a lot about about bourbon and stuff, which is why I'm really, really excited to do this Balfour uh, bourbon and see what it's what it's about. Uh, I had a very long, about a twenty to thirty minute discussion with people about Will it about the uh genie bottle yeah and uh everyone else said the same thing it's it's for a 50 dollar bottle of of bourbon it's extremely good um all of them said the same thing it blows blade and bow away uh, blade and bow is really good it was it was the best bourbon i'd had for a long time and I think some other ones have kind of taken the place that um, that Weller's Antique was really good stuff. Holy cow. Well, you're okay. Weller's, you're now talking about one of the most prestigious distilleries in, in the country yeah. for bourbon. Uh, you know, you, you, you still have Maker's Mark and all these. They, eh. This, when you get to Weller's, you're you're talking about Weller's Bardstown, you know, the top distillers in the bourbon world. Yep. So I got a, I got a request. Is there any way to turn down your light source a little? There is no lights. That is the sun. Can you turn the sun down a little bit, please? I would love to seeing as how it's still 109 degrees outside. So why do you have your shades open then? <laughs> My shades are not open. That is what is bleeding through the shades. Oh, shit. 
Alrighty then. Mm, yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah. to Texas. Yeah, it's only eighty-three um, degrees here, so. Well, I, now if I put the second bit of shades up, everything will turn purple. <laughs> Which would have been great for a Prince show, but we're well past that. I love Texas. I really do. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, I think it's time. I think it's time to uh, to move into a break. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Burke and I are kind of blah today, and I don't know why. I, I like I got in there. I was like, man, I'm like tired, and it, it, it stinks because I was listening to our podcast on the cartoons, and I was like, man, I I sound so upbeat and animated and great inflection it was just a really good vocal performance i was like oh i gotta remember how to do that again and then i sat down here and i'm like well and that's you actually the cartoon uh when i edited the cartoon one i i loved that whole that whole podcast it was such an interesting array of cartoons that we chose I love the fact that you didn't think you'd have five and all of a sudden you had ones on there that I hadn't thought of and I had ones you hadn't thought of. And yeah, it was a good time. That's a, a I good mean, show. I, I honestly, I honestly think that, that, that pushed me into, I've, I've actually started doing a lot more research on anime mm. um, because I, I, well, even just sitting down talking with Sam, I got, extremely interested in the anime versions of of cartoons i always loved star blazers which was yeah. one of the one of the uh uh first and the, and the macross series uh had some really kind of along the same lines huge battleship space thing and these cool jets that would transform into mobile infantry it, it was just a good good show yeah yeah i i i really learned a lot about the cartoons that i used to watch uh just from us having that discussion anyways on that note i'm ready to take a break we will pick up our energy i promise i promise maybe yeah sure yeah all right hey i i loaded some of burke's songs since he since he kept complaining about the fact that we never played anything that not the best quality i apologize now i'm going to send him better quality next time so here we go everyone will be back in a second Are you? No. 
I know you probably don't know who this is. For a hot second, I thought it was Prince early stuff, but it's not. Mm. Mm. I want to say this is the same person that did. Uh... I don't know. Who is this? His name is Micah. And he actually is on the independent circuit, mainly over in Europe. Hmm. Love, love me. But he is very well known for the Let's Dance, uh, what is that, the video game uh, for PlayStation. Um, dance, dance Dance Revolution? No, it was, it was like, I'll have to go and look at it. I thought it was called Let's Dance. Um, but his, his song, this song is on the same uh, same edition that AHA's uh, uh, what was AHA's big song? Take On Me? Yeah. It was on the same version that that song was in. Nice. And uh, I don't know. This one's a lot of fun to dance to. <laughs> Alright, so I put something really, really upbeat for us in there to get us into the mood. Get the energy flowing. Get the energy flowing for... Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is the final installment of The Lord of the Rings. This is the review of The Return of the Kings. Really think we should have gotten the soundbite from uh, Clerks 2. Where the guy is going, there's only one return of, and it's of the Jedi. <laughs> um. God, clerks. I love that. <laughs> I love that flick. Uh, 
So, uh, so we're on we're on the final we're on the final movie. Yeah. Uh, of the trilogy. This is the first film to go into the box behind the counter. Uh, well, the first trilogy. Actually, yeah. Would you put just one movie or would you put all three of them in there? Got got to be a got to be a threesome. I think you're right. Um what what why are you pawing at my elbow, kitty? Well, because that's what cats do. Uh, I guess. Uh, yeah. So next year, this film will turn 20. Yes. Go ahead and keep talking. Uh, it has a 201 minute runtime. The estimated budget for this particular film was 94 million. Rotten Tomatoes, these are weird ones. Rotten Tomatoes is higher than the audience score. Rotten Tomatoes is 93%, and the audience was only 86, which still puts it well above most every other movie on there. And and Roger gave this one three and a half stars, so he must have liked this one better than the rest. Wow. Uh, What was the Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, 93, and the audience was 86. Ooh. I know, right? weird oh that is that's fair uh, that is totally odd um yeah uh, was it clerks one or clerks two that that was in clerks two. Oh, that's why i'm not finding it they had a whole bunch of lord of the rings stuff in there too it was great okay well unfortunately anyway. my my soundbite website that i belong to um has none of clerks two. Oh, only clerks one. That's okay. I I could have I could have had um. I could have had the soundbite of uh, you're a fucking asshole, dude. But I decided not to use that. All right. Um. All right. So so, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, did you give domestic already? Or no, and, and and as usual, these numbers will differ from place to place. The, the, according to my thing, this was the number one movie. Uh, I got domestic at three seventy seven. Okay, I have it at three seventy eight. International, okay. international's at seven sixty eight. Seven forty two, close enough. So worldwide was one point one two zero. Yeah, one billion, one hundred twenty-one million. Yeah, I have one point one four. Wow, which is what is the second film worldwide? Then, yeah, that's still or no, those are. Yeah, my my list goes worldwide box office from one to fifteen, basically. Yeah, I'm bringing up. Okay, uh, this came out in what two thousand four. Or three. Three. December 1st, 2003 was the very first showing. Uh, Okay. So obviously (laughs) these numbers aren't from December 1st to December 31st. They're the total runtime of that particular movie. Uh, Not not really um, surprising to see Lord of the Rings at number one. Nope. Uh, You had two movies. You had two three-hour movies to build up 
to this third movie. And and The Two Towers was actually a pretty rough film to get through. Yeah, I mean, it had its ups and downs. It was, it was he had to get from point A to point B to get this final movie. I mean, still that uh, the siege with the was was a great scene in the last movie so well we we haven't even gotten there yet no 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 the the oh and the two towers yeah, yeah, yeah. are you are you talking about when they when they uh they go to uh yeah i can't remember it either don't worry <laughs> yeah the, the keep helms deep yes helms deep the Ooh. the keep for uh the rohan rohan yes. um anyways uh lord of the rings came in first the next movie behind it only made 871 million worldwide and that was finding nemo i got it at 936 but okay yeah we're close we're in there yeah um pirates of the caribbean the curse of the black pearl probably the best pirates of the caribbean movie that was ever made absolutely uh came in fourth worldwide with yeah. 654 million mm-hmm. you, you skipped over three yeah I, I i don't need to talk about the matrix reloaded any of that you know i was never a fan of the matrix movies the first it, one was good yeah the first one was good i i, mean, I watched all th- four now uh, just because i enjoyed the first one and the, this fourth one you could skip completely and n- never lose but, that two hours of your life the thing about the Matrix movies that, that got my goat is that I went and watched all of them hoping that they would equal the first one, and none of them did. Oh, I kept getting a little worse, a little far more far-fetched, and I was like, eh, 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 all right, whatever. Uh, Bruce Almighty. Yes. <laughs> $484 million. I didn't think it would be that high. I mean, it was a good film, but it's just a goofy comedy. Well. I I think this was the heyday of uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. And so, you got Morgan Freeman, and you just can never go wrong. Yeah. What, what, let's, let's see. The Last Samurai. Last Samurai. Eh. Which was a sleeper. I mean, it's a, that's a sleeper movie. Yeah. Uh, Terminator 3. You can only do so many Terminators, guys. The, the story's going to fizzle out. I, I believe Rocky's just said, "Hold my beer." So, <laughs> well, I, I, okay. So, <laughs> so now that I look at this, I do remember that this was the year that we had two Matrix movies come out. One in, I think it was January, and the last one came out in what in December. December? Yeah. Uh, so you had Matrix Revolution and Matrix Reloaded, and this yeah. was part of their problem. You can't just keep pumping crap out for the sake of pumping it out. Uh, Charlie's Angels, Bad what? Boys. Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, What came in 12th. X, X-Men uh, United uh, was 9th. I got X-Men 2, then Bad Boys 2, then Something's Gotta Give, Brother yep. Bear, Love Actually, Brother Paul. Oh, wait. Wait, hold on here. I'm just. This is what I'm looking at. This is worldwide. This goes by worldwide, not domestic. Yeah, so. I'm. I'm going off of off of worldwide. Um, 
if I go off of domestic, it goes in that order. Uh, but right now, it, Charlie's Angels was two hundred fifty-nine million. Uh, cool. Oh wait, wait, Bad Boys two seventy-three. Something's yeah. got to give two sixty-five. Charlie's Angels two fifty-nine. The Village two fifty-six. Brother Bear two fifty. Hulk huh. two forty-five. Love Actually two forty-four. Too Fast, Too Fast, Furious. Too furious. <laughs> 236. I stopped there. I was like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> um, scary movie. Ooh, Scary Movie 3 at 19. I loved Scary Movie. <laughs> I loved all of them. Uh, SWAT, which didn't deserve $207 million worldwide, made it to 22. I'm still going to watch it. What, SWAT? I liked it. Sue me. I hated it. I hate it, but I had a special love affair with yeah. the original. Yeah. So, anyways, so there, there, you, there you have it. Now I was surprised with the uh, with the Rotten Tomatoes score. I know, right? I mean, uh, according to the box office and everything, this was the best of the three movies. Well, Yet, I, I, and, and and who knows? I didn't look up the Rotten Tomatoes on the rest of them. Maybe they're all lower for all the rest of the films. Who knows? Well, no, we. I thought we did look them up for the other ones. It was Rotten Tomatoes. No, yeah, heck it no. was ninety-five for the rest and fifteen. No. What? Oh no, no! I'm talking about the rest of the movies that came out this year, like Finding oh, Nemo. No. Finding Nemo is probably eighty-four, and The Matrix is probably seventy, and you know what? And Pirates, well, no, Pirates of Caribbean might have been a higher audience score, but. Anyway, well, that was also the first of a series, yeah. so <laughs> maybe someday we'll talk about that movie. <laughs> uh, that that could be. I mean, we could always talk about Johnny Depp, um, who I think is one of the most brilliant actors in the world. He, he may be crazy and all that, but damn, if I was directing a show, I would want that kid in it. Oh yeah. Um. You got Johnny, Johnny who? Who? Oh, fuck yeah. Do this. <laughs> okay, what was really funny about that was that you froze for a second. You you went, you got Johnny who? Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. That was like perfect timing. Little laggy there. That's all right. So... Well, this film had the largest sweep ever at the Oscars. 11 nominations and 11 wins. Uh, this tied for first place in number of Academy Awards won with Ben-Hur and Titanic. Now, I'm assuming that Ben-Hur and Titanic were nominated for more and didn't win they were probably nominated for 12 and 13. So this was nominated for 11. Sweeped them all. And it was the second film to win all best, best visual effects after the Star Wars trilogy. Which is kind of amazing because he he started Weta. Yep. Um. Yeah, Lucas started ILM. I mean, he was like, okay, I have a vision and nobody can do what I need them to do. We're going to build our own stuff. So, yeah. yeah. 
when you got that much dedication to your to your vision, it's going to turn out good, you know. Well, you hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what it works, like I said uh, in in previous shows, was intricate in developing uh, uh, fluid motion technologies. Yeah, they they and, and the the and, mocap stuff. Yes, was I mean th- there had been motion capture before, but not on this level and with this intricacy. They never they never been able to capture the facial features and actually have an actor act out the scene, and never on the set with the other actors, which really helped. I mean. Acting is going to be hard enough, and if you are acting against a tennis ball, it's going to be ten times as hard. So if you've got an actor there doing the lines, that's got to help so much. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, there's, there's just, there's so much that he came up with. Industrial Lights and Magic was fabulous at. Uh, stop motion with models and stuff like that. And they were starting to get into the computer generated stuff. As a matter of fact, they got into it with, with the, uh, the The three films after the uh, original. Well, remember we talked about the, the animation of the death star when they're all getting ready to get in their X wings, the, 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 the points of lights. And so that was the, the first CGI they ever used in the star Wars movies. Oh Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be impressed with both guys. Both guys transformed uh, the, the computer-aided age. Oh, yeah. Now, what what I think was, was bigger for Peter Jackson was uh, the, the, the fact that he went 100% avid editing, which uh, is... Is I I love Avid. I love it better than Premiere Pro, but it was the first time that everything was digital. Yeah, he was editing on the fly, sometimes between shots, yes. because he could just pull it up on a laptop or whatever and do it. It was exactly they could, they he, could see stuff for the next day and go, "Oh, hey, we need to change this because this was the you know yeah." Uh. So yeah, yeah. Anyways. I, I I think that's enough of an intro. I've Let's, got a whole bunch of like little oddball trivia things that don't really fit into the telling of the story here. Give it to me. All right. Uh, sound department spent the early part of a year searching for the right sounds. A Tasmanian devil was used to create Shelob's shriek, which in turn gave inspiration for Weta animators. Uh, while the Mumakai is the beginning and end of a lion roar. Okay. Human screens and donkey screeches were mixed into Sauron's fall, and broken glass was used for collapsing sounds. For the missiles being traded uh, for Minas Tirith Siege, construction workers dropped actual two-ton stone blocks lifted by a construction crane to get that sound. That's a real two-ton block falling into dirt. Yeah, if it's yeah, if it's real, it's real. 
1,489 visual effects shots, which is three times that of the first film and twice as many as the second film. So this thing was just chock full of special effects. Um, oh, God. 12 and a half million plastic rings were used to make all the chain mail armor. Two crew members spent the entirety of a year linking those rings. No, the, I'm sorry. The entirety of the shoot linking those rings together by hand. Apparently, they wore off their uh, fingerprints doing that. <laughs> Did you say they were plastic? Plastic. Yeah. Well, you, can you imagine, A, trying to make and wear real chain mail? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Shouldn't you? Yeah, uh, you want realism, damn it. <laughs> or they could just act instead. <laughs> Minas Tirith was the biggest model made for the trilogy at 122 to 1 scale. It was a 23 foot tall, 21 foot in diameter, uh, and contained over 1,000 handmade individual houses. Uh, for other shots, uh, numerous streets, scenes, and shops were built at a 14 to 1 scale uh, where the details of like, there were details like washing lines with clothes and flower pots in that one. Oh, I got a little tidbit on uh, Weinstein here. He had only greenlit two movies and only had a budget of $75 million, which he had hid that fact from Jackson. Jackson then leaked the script hoping to get some buzz and attract another studio. And it worked because New Line picked up the movie and even pushed it to be a trilogy. So thank goodness Jackson was on his toes. Um, Viggo Mortensen bought three of the horses that were used in the filming. Um, I'm not going to pronounce these correct. Uraeus, the main horse he rides. Kenny, the horse he rides at the beginning of the two towers. And the white horse that Eowyn rides in the Fellowship. He gave that one to the stunt woman that did live Tyler's part because she couldn't afford a horse and she was really good and really nice the world premiere of the return of the king was a huge event and it was held in the city of wellington new zealand and over a hundred thousand fans watched as the actors and crews paraded down the road in the middle of town in cars and stuff like that and, um oh uh, Peter Jackson did a cameo in all three of these films. If you watch the regular theatrical release, you won't see him in this third one. He was only in the extended version. He was, uh, what does it say? Uh, he was a Corsair of Umbar on the ship who gets killed by Legolas as a warning shot, but that's only in the extended edition. I got to move this over. I can't read everything. There we go. Um, the scene where Pippin sings to the steward of gondor was not in the script originally but one of the writers heard billy boyd singing karaoke and two days later they were filming that song that haunting song over the charge of faramir in the background uh, when frodo got stung by shelob they used alka-seltzer in his mouth to get his mouth to froth up uh, oh at the end of the movie very end uh when frodo's in his house finishing off his book if you have a good enough copy of the movie and you can stop it you can read the book and it says samwise gamgee was elected mayor of hobbiton which i thought was just kind of cool 
stuff that they took home and were gifted. Hold on, please. Hey. There we go. Um, hey, hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pause this for a second. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, uh, Sir Ian McKellen took home the front door key to Bag End. Uh, Liv Tyler took home her elf ears and sword. Andy Circus and Elijah Wood were the only two people given a one ring. And then Sean Astin got to keep his hobbit feet. <laughs> um, and as we discussed before, uh, uh, Ian Mc, uh, not Ian, come on, Elijah Wood and uh, Andy was it Andy Circus? They Andy the Circus. Uh, neither of them knew that they. Both of them thought that they were the only ones with the one <laughs> ring. Well, it's called one ring. I mean, come on, you know. I just, I, I loved, I, I actually, uh, in the last show that we did, when we did Two Towers, I brought that one up, and I heard Peter Jackson in one of the interviews that I listened to talk about the fact that he told each one of them that they were the only ones getting the <laughs> ring. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. All right, that's that's a maneuver we would pull. <laughs> that, totally, totally. If you if you could get some motivation out of an actor for that, hell yeah. Hey, buddy, okay, you you, you gotta remind ring. me. You gotta remind me to put a little Loctite on this one screw on my microphone here because it keeps coming unscrewed. So is it is it coming unscrewed again? Well, I, when I tilt it towards me, instead of moving the the metal post, it unscrews itself. So I just gotta. It was the other direction. If I had it on the other side here, it wouldn't do that. But eh, anyway, that so that red Loctite, man. Uh, I love sometimes the red Loctite comes in the blue container and vice versa. And it's like, I don't understand. But anyway. Alrighty. Shall we go into the scenes and the. <sighs> <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to let you start. And, uh, and feel I, free to interject at any point in time, and if you've I, got trivia or or insights or whatever. Well, I have some trivia that I will interject throughout the, okay. the show, but the first scene of this movie, yeah, there's going to be some discussion here. I, I, I absolutely love the way this movie starts out. The finding of the ring, and this list is actually, it may be the actual titles of the scenes uh i'm not 100 sure i just like found them like oh yeah this is this will work so the finding of the ring first scene smeagol and his friend deagle um are out fishing and deagle gets pulled under the water by a humong well not a humongous fish a regular sized bass but they're hobbits so you know it's big compared to them uh, deagle finds this something at the bottom of the river and gets up there and gets on to the the, the side of the river there and 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 the his first look at this ring and he is smitten and smeagol comes up behind him and and he's even like the first time he sees it man his eyes get like saucers and they're both just they're done they are completely under the control of this thing and this was this was a fabulous moment in the movie uh, because we we finally saw we finally saw the um, 
the, the fact transfer that Gollum was a hobbit. Yeah, the transformation from Smeagol to Gollum. And and this was something I mean Weta was incredible with this because they they actually have one scene where Smeagol's face goes from being uh, almost well, it's, human. It's, it's, it's the eyes, man. They do this transition with the eyes where it that, goes from from the, human eyes to to Gollum eyes, and it's 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 a and that whole thing was just yeah. incredible to to sit there and I mean it made you believe that that this ring was really transforming mm -hmm. this guy. Yep. Uh, next scene we go to is Journey to the Crossroads. Sam, Frodo, and Gollum are like sleeping in a drain pipe on their way to Mordor, and they just you know we gotta go, we gotta go, blah 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 blah. Uh, the next scene is the road to Isengard, uh, where Merry and Pippin are sitting up on this pipeweed, <laughs> sitting pipe up weed. on this big wall, Gandalf, Legolas, Aragorn, and Gimli right up to the gates, and Gimli's all sorts of ticked off because they've been following these guys for what 10, 15 days trying to catch them up. Here they are, just smoking and drinking and laughing and uh, enjoying salted pork. Uh, <laughs> they go up and talk to the ends for a little bit. Say a wizard's in there. Say, ah, just leave him in there. Pippin sees the palant sees something under the water and goes grabs it, and it turns out to be the palantir. And, and Gandalf grabs it real quick and says, you know, "That'll be enough of that." And they take off. So uh, they hey, all then. Hey, go ahead. hey, hang on one second. So, so yes, that was kind of funny. I did not realize. <laughs> so I, I have to apologize to the audience because I I uh, just moved my studio, and I was running off a of Wi-Fi because my studio is now in different quarter of the house. Yeah, twenty feet further away from the modem. So my old Cat Eight cable was of no use it wasn't long enough i had to go order a new cat eight and uh burke kept freezing up you got you guys will hear it in the recording <laughs> burke kept freezing up and i'm like what the hell's going on so i did my speed test while he was talking and it's like hey you've only got 40 up and just like five down <laughs> or wait it was 40 down and and five up and I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This this cannot be happening. So I stopped the recording. I'm like, Perk here, let me just plug this cable in, please. And uh, I plug it in, and the first numbers that pop up with speed test are 429 down <laughs> and 50 20 up. up. No, 20, 20 up. up. <laughs> but I used to have only 200 down and, yeah. and 10 up. So... I, the, uh, between the computer and the cat eight cable it's well they they redid your junction just recently too didn't they yeah they redid the spider box they redid everything from the street all the way to the apartment Ooh. um and then i have swapped out all of my cat five cables for cat eight and the minute that i did that i went from 200 megabytes down to 400 yeah, when when I was looking at this computer, I was like looking at the cables. Like, oh, I got cables there. They go, let's let's look and see if they've upgraded cable. I don't know what made me think about it, but I did a little research. I was like, wait, there's Cat Eight. Yeah. And I'm like, 
Oh. Yeah, and I'm telling yeah. you. I'm telling you. A cable. You, a, a freaking cable. <laughs> I, was, I, I, I went and plugged it in, and, and, and Burke said, make make sure that you're not on, on wireless anymore. I said, I don't think I'm on wireless because the minute I plugged the cable in, my computer went, whoa. <laughs> like, holy cow. All the fans sped up. Everything started flashing a whole lot faster. I'm like, eh. all of a sudden he can see details like my ugly mug and the stuff behind well, me. And- I, I'm like, man, <laughs> I can actually see the top of your head now. Before, <laughs> before it was just a big like white light bulb. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, we got ten minutes left before our first break. Okay, uh, where were we? Uh, we were at Isengard. He finds a Palantir. They all of them then take off and return to Edoras, uh, the the kingdom, the hall of the uh, Rohirrim, uh, and they have a big feast in honor of the victorious dead. The hobbits are up on top of tables, dancing and singing, and all sorts of fun stuff. And and uh, oh God, man, I'm, I'm starting to forget everybody's names. I, I, not Eowyn is that her name? The 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 blonde lady who's the the daughter of the king eowyn is the uh the redhead uh well, okay you, you can call the strawberry her blonde, blonde yeah, yeah. Uh, she's like digging on aragorn and aragorn's like mm, being all sparkly vampire runner and stuff you know but anyway um he really was be okay i love the way you said that because he was he was being sparkly vampire runner <laughs> i mean she brought over that cup and, and <laughs> handed it to him to drink out of, and he's just like, "Thanks, <laughs> thank you very much." <laughs> Which probably wanted made her want him all the more. Who knows? But anyway, um, yeah, good party was had. Blah blah blah. Uh, la 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 la. Arwen, no no the Golem's villainy. Golem and Smeagol have the great conversation in the water. Uh, back and forth uh, to decide if they should to decide what to do with the hobbits to get the ring back. And they finally go, oh, you know, we could give him to her. Yeah, we could do that, precious. You know, the great thing about that scene is you can always tell who you're looking at by the size of the pupils. Yes. And the other great thing about that scene is it was done. It wasn't done in multiple takes. He did it in one shot all the way through going back and forth even his vocal intonations you can tell Gollum from Smeagol and Smeagol yeah. from Gollum it's just a, it's a great great scene um the Palantir is the next one so everyone is sleeping off they're drunk and the fool of a took goes over and takes the Palantir and gets smacked down by Sauron they realize Sauron He's he literally going, he yeah. literally almost dies. Yeah. Uh uh Gandalf has to bring him back. Yep. His little Jedi, you know, healing or whatever and that's going to piss somebody off. I just know it. Uh, <laughs> but uh they figure out that uh Pippin didn't tell Sauron anything, so Sauron really doesn't know that there's two guys way over there trying to get there blah blah blah. Um but then they realize that Sauron is going to attack Minas Tirith. And Gandalf takes Pippin and rides out to... We're watching the megabytes per second. Dang! 
22 megs. Very nice. Thank you. So Gandalf and Pippin right out, and Mary is all sad, and you have to stop sharing because I can't read my shit now. Thank you. I, I, I was I was getting there. I was getting there. <laughs> and by the way, I'm going to do a second review on this bourbon. This is a really easy drinking stuff. This would be like if you wanted to introduce somebody to bourbon, this would be fantastic because it's there's you just got those little hints of stuff that you want to taste. It, it doesn't like you know getting killed with oak or sweet or 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 alcohol I, this is a really this is a really nice easy drinking bourbon I, I highly recommend it to anybody out there the review will be on davis and davis show.com i hope some day yeah i updated all mine bastard I usually i was the one ahead of the curve and i'm, I'm the one that's screwing off now Already then. So they take off. And then Arwen's vision uh, as she and a bunch of elves are slowly riding to the harbor. Uh, Arwen has a vision of her Hold future. Up. Do you mean Arwen? Arwen. Okay. Uh, Owen. Uh, Owen. Arwen. And then Arwen. Ar there's Arwen. There's Eowyn and Arwen. Eowyn is the is the nun elf, and Arwen is the smoking hot elf. Okay, elf. so Liv Tyler is taken off with the other elves, oh, and she God. has a vision of the future. <laughs> Love Liv Tyler. Yeah, where she sees her life, where she's married, and he dies, but then she also sees the fact that there is a possibility of a child in her future. I was I was gonna say she sees she sees a male child a male child which back in this time period a male child is um, the automatic heir yeah he's the heir so heir apparent so they she takes back off to Rivendale convinces dad that she's gonna stay and that he's got to remake the sword to give Aragorn a fighting chance. Next scene is the reforging of Narsal. Which, said. enough said, enough said. You, you can tell as I was writing this stuff down, I was getting a little more drinking in. So. <laughs> enough said. <laughs> Four minutes. Four minutes, 20 seconds left. 420, guys. 420, blaze it, dude. <laughs> um. Elrond, uh, were you surprised that Elrond actually gave in to his daughter? Nah, because he I'm was. A, I'm a dad. I get it. He was pretty darn at, adamant about her leaving with the boat. Okay, dads are all puffy and shit at first. They will always cave to a daughter. It's just the way the world works. Yeah, I'm Some, the man around here, but daddy, okay. Some dads. <laughs> Some dads are tough, like me. All right, sir, go on. So, after that, we pop back over to Minas Tirith. Gandalf and Pippin show up right all the way. It is a great scene where they, they, they crest over a hill and, and see Minas Tirith for the first time. I'm not looking at my other stuff. Oh, crap. Hold on. Da, da, da. No, we're not even there. We're not even there. Okay, cool. Anyway. Um, beautiful scene of the reveal of Minas Tirith. Uh, they ride up the white stairs all the way to the top. Meet the steward. 
<laughs> and <laughs> I love the scene where Gandalf's like, you shouldn't talk about Boromir dying. You shouldn't talk about the... As a matter of fact, it would just be best if you didn't speak at all. Who who played uh, who played the steward? What is his name? Because he's been in a lot of stuff. And I sat back he's, and I was like... He's always been in bit parts. And I don't think he was even the original person for that like, role. He's like the perfect dickhead, though. Um, Let's see here. That is not what I want. There we go. That's not what I want. Uh, cast. Give me the cast here. Boom. So the full cast. Uh, what was his name? Uh, it was the Boromir and Faramir's dad. Uh, the steward is all I remember him being referred to. Cast and credits order complete wedding verification. Uh, it's not a Sildor. Work Lieutenant. Who is that? Yeah, I, I'm. It's got to be up here. No, because you got. Was it Grimbold? No. Uh, John Noble. That, that was it. That was sounds it. Sounds like John Noble. Okay, uh, he was he was in this uh this TV show that was just really weird as as all get out. Uh, Denethor. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Fringe. That was it. Uh, he was in in this uh this TV show called Fringe. Um, with probably one of the most smoking hot actresses I could ever remember. Uh, her name was Anna Torv. Okay. Um, oh, dude, she was incredible. If you didn't watch any of the Fringe TV shows, go back and watch them. They're on Netflix right now, I do believe. Oh, wait a minute. Did he not show up? in some episode apparently not i was thinking he was in the uh not the rockford the x-files but i don't see that listed here uh he'd have been great in the x-files yeah i don't really i don't he was in 24. yes that was a voice of the last airbender the dragon spirit that's cool fringe transformers he, yeah, he's a freaky actor. I mean, Batman Arkham Knights, interesting voiceover. He's always into. Um, oh, so, he's on the blacklist. That yes, was a he, good show. But he was on Elementary as uh, as uh, Mr. Moreland Holmes. Yes, he was. He was Holmes's dad. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, he's he's been a huge TV actor for years. Um, but fringe was his, was his big thing, uh, fringe and elementary. Apparently he's in the new Star Trek series. that's only out on Paramount too. He was in Batman. Uh, well, that's the video that was the game. The video game. Well, that was one of the best video games I had ever seen. The Arkham one. Yeah. And it was a good, um, okay. So Miss Fisher's murder mysteries. One of my favorite 
shows to watch. It's an Australian based <laughs> Australian based uh, murder mystery type thing uh, set back in the thirties. Oh well. And uh, he was he was in one episode of that. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, on that note, um, are, you need to find yourself a stopping spot because it's time. My bladder is saying it's had Aww. enough. Aww. I'm sorry. But anyway, so, OK, we'll, we'll finish up this scene there where the Pippin swears fealty to the steward of Gondor. Why? Why? He feels guilty that 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 the steward's son he got killed saving him and, and mary you know and feels like he owes it to him or something like that and so yeah this is probably a great place to stop because i mean there's only the the bit about yeah no this is the perfect place to stop we get into some other deeper stuff after this so Alrighty, sir. Uh, let's see here. I think I've got something that 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 you will like. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, and then, we shall return in just a second. Demon head. Quiet on the set. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.
blames the one before And all of their frustrations Come beating on your door I know that I'm a prisoner to all my father household dear I know that I'm a hostage to all his hopes and fears I just wish I could have told him in the Mike and the Mechanics. It is one of my favorite songs from the late 80s, early 90s. This was um, Mike Rutherford, Paul Carrick, and somebody else, I think. Here's the, the keyboardist and the bassist to... Um, Genesis and yes. Paul Carrick, yeah. That's a, that's why uh, the song is is very much like a Genesis song. It it just doesn't have a uh, Phil Collins. That's okay. Leading it, but uh, yeah, I, I could do without Phil. <laughs> I, I like Phil. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he he had a lot of good. Uh, Made a lot of good stuff. I'd yeah. A- There's a, okay. So this song, uh, <laughs> I actually am religious, <laughs> and I'm Catholic, and uh, we used to have a Catholic retreat, and it it was called the Core Retreat, C O R, and. Uh, for some reason, I think that that was like Latin for heart or something like that. I don't remember. Okay. Anyways, uh, on the retreat, we would have people witness to other people. And then at the end, they would pick a song that that was uh, pertinent to what they talked about. And one of the girls that was out there, her father had died. She did this talk and she used this song. And I was like damn <laughs> that's just like whole oh. i mean strong strong moving <laughs> I, I don't know how else you would say it um just just it, it was one of those it was one of those moments as a kid where i sat back and i was like this should teach you to be a better person i'm not saying that that caught on with me <laughs> but it should teach you and, and i mean that that whole the core retreat with saint francis uh in medina was was <clears throat> it changed me a lot as a person 
I calmed myself down a lot. Yeah, there's one mark up for religion then, so about the only one in my book. <laughs> I mean, it it is yeah, it is what it is. It's uh uh when I was in college, I was kind of um a dick. Not just a dick, but I was I was all over the map. <laughs> I had no direction. I needed something to change. And I I put religion and the Navy as the two things that probably saved my life. I would have been dead by now. No, I'm serious. I, I was I was to a point where I was doing cocaine. I was I was not I was not in a good position. And I was just I mean, I was getting arrested every other week. I had to do something. I had to change something. So God and country. And guess what? I'm still alive now. There you go. Otherwise, Burke would be sitting over my tombstone every week crying. Scott, Scott, I need everything, Scott. We gotta he do died a too soon. Oh, God. We, we, we got to do a podcast. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where did we leave off, my friend? Uh, let's see. Gandalf and Pepin met the steward, blah, blah, blah. They talk a little bit. There's a great line about, hey, you know. Hang on, hang on. Did you just call Pippin Pepin? Yeah, maybe. Pepin? Pepper. Pepper Pig? Pippin, my favorite musical of all time. The first musical I ever actually worked on. Oh, wow. Well, it was the first musical that I actually did the lights for. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was cool. Never, never forget your first one. Uh, oh, yeah. Nothing like sticking your penis in a light socket. <laughs> so they have that whole thing. I, I love the the one line that uh, Gandalf says about there, there was never much hope, only a fool's hope. I just like that line. I don't know why. So anyway. So so where are we at right now? What, what are, are we in? Um... We're in Minas Tirith. Gandalf and so we're, Pippin we're are in, looking. They're they're on a. Uh, we're we're in Gondor. This is when they are looking out at the thing, and and yep. Pippin looks at Gandalf and says, "Is this how it ends?" Is no, the, no, no. We're not there quite yet. Oh, it's close. It's getting close. Okay. We let then me, switch. Let me know when you get there because I feel that that's a very very telling oh, yeah. moment. So at that same moment. The crossroads of the fallen king is the next scene where Gollum, Frodo, and Sam actually make it to the the steps, which is more like a ladder than steps. And there's this crazy place. Oh my god, I, I should have sent it to myself. There is a place like that in the world where it's these steps that you literally have to crawl up. It was uh, uh, oh man, where the hell was it? Anyway, there's a place like that in our world right now, and it's kind of cool looking. But anyway. Um, at that point, Frodo sees the, the dead city, which is called Minas Morgul. Is that right? And, and I'd read something about the fact that that used to be a human city, 
but Mordor took it over and it's like the city of the dead kind of thing. Um, and Frodo is really feeling the pull of the ring and it's really messing with his head. And he starts like walking towards the, the city instead of going to the steps and, and Sam and Gollum had to pull him back and everything like that. And they, they start kind of crawling up the steps. Um, and then all of a sudden the, the flying fell beast yeah, and the witch king, the pop witch up. king. Yeah. Yeah. That pops up and he grabs on his stuff and he lets out this horrible shriek and the doors open up and uh, these this huge army starts taken down off this path and they're still walking up and that's the point where this huge beam beacon of light forms and shoots straight up into the air and then you switch back to Pippin and Gandalf who see the exact same thing and it's kind of a cool thing that they're both witnessing the same thing at the same time but uh, that's when they get all kind of freaked out and realize yeah, the battle's upon us times now at that point after seeing the beacon from Miss Morgul Gandalf tells Pippin I have a job for you and tells him to go up and light the beacons of Gondor At this same time. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Beacons of Gundor. Yep. I think we should probably explain what those are. Well, uh, well the, we're not quite there yet. Hold on. There's one more little scene in in, in the middle of that. Okay. The the city on the river is called Asiligath, and that is being invaded as we speak by orcs and Faramir and his men are trying to fight off the orcs. Who are uh, invading, you know, trying to get across the river, and that's kind of a big, big battle there. Then we flip back to Pippin crawling up the rock wall, actually getting onto the beacon and lighting it. Mm -hmm. And what a badass scene ensues after this, too. So the beacon was. Part of the the agreement between Rohan uh, and the other cities, Gondor, in between Gondor and Rohan, so they all agreed that if the beacon was ever lit, the others would come to the aid of the city that lit it first. Yep. Now this 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 is actually a very telling moment because uh, earlier in the movie, Theoden, while sitting in Rohan, sat back and questioned. Where was Gondor when? Where was Aragorn? Yeah, where was Gondor when this we guy, Where was Gondor and you know? Yeah, he's he's being all kind of pissy about it. And and that's why I I think that. The whole scene, well, first off, the steward of Gundor was, didn't even want to hear about lighting the beacons. No. I mean, this, this guy was the biggest asshole you'll ever meet. <clears throat> he was full of himself. The power had gone to his head. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't accept the fact that there's a guy who's actually supposed to be the king 
and he's like, I will not give up my seat. And it was, yeah, he, I think he said he, m- he I, I will not recognize him. Yeah, and I think we're talking about the last one. It's like, have you ever noticed, like, the steward's throne sits down at the bottom, but if you look behind him up the steps, there's the throne of the king above him. Right. And, yeah, it's just a, yeah. Um, but anyway. and, and I don't think we talked about that in the last one because we didn't see it. Uh, we saw it in this film. Oh, gosh, you're right. I'm sorry. Um, but that was, that's, that's a, I mean, that's a telling. He is just the steward of the city. Uh, so he's, he's kind of like, nowadays, I would call him a city manager. He does all the dirty work. He does all the hard work gets none of the recognition and and that's he's already pissed off because his son boromir has died and, and here's another telling moment uh in the in the uh gundor world um he 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 flat out says to his one son uh, 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 we're not there oh yet. we're not there yet i can't get to go there yet anyways so 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 the the steward did not want to to involve rohan yes and this is this is where i say the guy is crazy as hell because later he gets upset because where's rohan i know right i'm like what dude you're you're a freaking moron he's a male karen before karen was a thing (laughs) so so in this scene um, Pippin is is crawling up a rock face, a rock face to get to this to this tower, and I I just I thought the cinematography was incredible. There were two places that I thought the cinematography was awesome. There was this scene with him crawling up and lighting the the tower, and then the other towers lighting up. It's such a great. I mean, once again, it, it showcases how beautiful that land is. But you're always like constantly looking. Okay, is that is that where is that where the next one's going to be? Is that what? Yeah, there it is. I can see it. I can see it. And then the next one. And like, then they make that scene interesting too, where like you zoom in on a beacon, and way behind him in the distance is another one, or they do a round shot where they they circle around. It, it's just. just- just so beautiful. Oh it, my god. It really was the way that the way that he manipulated the camera to follow the fires being lit was just I was like you were moved at it. It was like you understood that that they were calling out for something and it was actually moving to see it go across land mm-hmm. after land after land to finally end up right outside of Rohan and Aragorn seeing, I mean, when Aragorn sees that light up, it's just, you finally have this happy moment and Theoden, Theoden was actually in, I know I said in the last film that the guy that played Theoden was not that good in this film. Totally he, redeems himself. He blows it out of the water. <laughs> I mean, it, just the minute that he hears that that fire is lit, he turns and he's like, Rohan will be there. 
No, is it the, yeah, that's that's the next thing. Theoden's decision. Yeah, Aragorn runs in there all excited. He's like, the beacons are lit. The beacons are lit. Gondor calls raid. And the king turns around and Rohan will answer. Muster the Rohirrim. And just, yeah, we're going to do this thing. Yeah, it's just, a great, great scene. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I think I think what's awesome about that is that it brings back it brings back the uh the feeling that humanity could actually come together and maybe do this thing. Yeah. Um and and it was I hear that. What is that? One of your cats. It's my bitch of a cat ripping up my couch. <laughs> <laughs> my she, cat does that to all the carpet in the house. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> she is she is a little bitch. Uh, so yeah, it, it kind of brings back the perspective of of can you know humanity can come together. We can be different. There's definitely different feelings between Rohan and Gundor, as well as the Shire. There's three different feelings, um, or or ways of living, and it just it gave me that good happy feeling. Um, anyways, go on. I I'll get into my Shire discussion later when we get to that <laughs> because I have a lot to say about the damn Shire. So anyway, at this point, uh, Faramir comes back in disgrace and his dad says... What was it, Minas Gillen or... Uh, uh, Minith? No, no, no. Osilagath. Uh, Osilagath. Yep. So Faramir has been defeated and his dad basically tells him, I wish you to die instead of your brother and sends him back off to fight the orcs invading the city across the river. Like I said, dad's a dickhead. He, he's a, he is. And, and, and then they have the, then they have the scene where he's eating dinner and Pippin is How singing gross. that haunting song. Oh yeah, like the, the the cherry tomatoes look like blood going down his face, and and his son's just getting the crap beat out of him. And yeah, it's it's. I I mean the switching back and forth between uh, Faramir getting his freaking shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Um, and daddy's sitting there enjoying and a his feast. Father sitting there shoving chicken and and tomatoes in his mouth just i mean that's the epitome of of a person who is out of touch with the world yep um i mean he sends his son back out there oh i'll get into that in a second go on <laughs> yeah sends his son back out there to get his ass kicked and he's getting his ass kicked yep uh, i'm losing my place da -da 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 -da. fair mirror and then basically Faramir fails to keep the city from the orcs. At which point the survivors of that fight come running back. Did you think he was going to save that world from no, hell save no. that city from the No hell no. I mean, did you see how many ships were coming in? No, I know. Hmm. 
It was the first time in my life that I've seen a Higgins boat recreated in Middle Earth. <laughs> but, yeah, that there was he was sent out on a task that he could not fulfill. It was impossible. And what pissed me off <laughs> was that his father was stupid enough to send him out there. And I will get back to the pissed off dumb when Bert gets there. <laughs> so anyway, the survivors of that fiasco come running back to the city and the the nine on their flying mounts are also jumping in on this game and trying to pick him off as they're getting back. Gandalf runs out, does his white wizard magic to scare him off, and he gets him back in the city. At which point, we flip back over to the stairs that the three are climbing up. Now, like 20 minutes of not film time, but like time time as a as past they're like a quarter of the way up these stairs which is like you know a few hundred feet the army is if you look below them and some of these shots are just like you make you want to throw up because they're looking straight down these stairs and just some of the shots are gorgeous but there's still an army pouring out of this city after 20 minutes um which is kind of mind-blowing and at that point, they're tired, they rest, and and Gollum puts the seed of doubt into Frodo's ear about Sam, about, yeah, the fat one will take it. He oh, wants it. That one wants it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. The fat one wants it. <laughs> you need your voice to be higher. <laughs> oh, hang on. The fat one, he wants The fat one wants it. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> Damn. I love having my new studio. This is so nice. <laughs> can actually be a... Dickhead! Oh, I might, have this, I might have gotten this a little bit backwards. Supposedly, the uh, Pippin swears his fealty to the steward... Faramir evinces a feed. The steward sends Faramir back to his doom. No, that can't be right. No, no, no. I screwed up something. Hold on here. No, no, no. That's in the wrong place. Don't worry about it. Go ahead and... Okay. No, no, no. Because Faramir gets his butt kicked. Faramir gets his butt kicked. They're going up the stairs. And at this point, Gollum frames Sam for eating all the food. And Frodo tells okay. him to okay, start yes. packing. Um, so this this whole moment with with Frodo being uh, framed, the, the ring is it, really screwing with him. Unfortunately, at this point, the and ring Gollum is, knows that Gollum's been under its power for years. What? He knows how to exploit Gollum's, what's going on with Frodo. It's messed Gollum up. Knows what what the ring is about. He's gaslighting Frodo, which sucks. Exactly. Uh, so, poor Satan, like, like, Smeagol, Gollum, whichever one you want to call it, 
uh, well, it would be Gollum because it was the evil side, mm-hmm. um, threw the Lambus bread over the wall. Yep. And he put crumbs on top of, of Sam, Sam Aston's Sam. Sam or Sean Aston's character, Sam, Samwise Gamgee's, to basically frame him for throwing away the food, eating it, or eating it. Yeah, that's right. He did claim that he was eating the food. Um, this is this shows you the power of the ring. Because Samwise Gamgee was was Frodo's best friend. Samwise Gam uh, Samwise Gamgee and Frodo were unseverable as friends. It's kind of like Burke and I. We're just unseverable. <clears throat> Impossible. Yeah. Inconceivable. <laughs> Anyways, so carry on with your synopsis. The next scene is marshalling at Dunharrow, which is that it's a really cool scene where they like go up the side of this mountain in this little cutaway path, and the king's at the top, and they're getting all the horse riders together. Uh, <laughs> I've written down Agent Smith gives Aragorn his sword. Uh, <laughs> so I can't remember his name at the moment. Agent Smith. Agent Smith <laughs> gives Aragorn his sword back. Uh, Aragorn talks to Eowyn, and she's really pushing for, you know, well, she she wants the hot beef injection. Yeah, and uh, Aragorn Aragorn really nicely turns her down, um, and then A- Aragorn sees this like vision off in this cliff and everything. And you, if you, it's kind of cool because like in the theatrical version, you can see just a shadow in the corner. I guess in the extended version, it's much clearer, but. Uh, and they talk about there's the undead, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so Aragorn and the twins take off looking for some undead allies. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, man, what am I going to do with you? Who tells him that he has to go in there? I don't actually remember. No, Was it? Was it? Elrond, Elrond told him. Elrond travels all the way over to the Rohan camp. And he has a talk with Theoden. And Theoden has Aragorn called into the tent with them. So Theoden actually knows what Aragorn is about to be asked to do. When Aragorn goes into that tent, Elderon, uh, Elder, Alderon, Elderon, <laughs> Elrond ends up. I, I mean, Elrond tells him Arwen is dying. Yeah, and the only way to save her is to beat Sauron. And the only way that he's going to be able to do that is with the help of the people that his father cursed. His father what? His father cursed all the the people that cursed. deserted yes. him. Yes, yeah, yes. I thought you said first. I was like, what? No, the no, hell no. Are curse, you cursed. About? 
Yes. His, and the only way he was going to gain their allegiance is with this sword. And right. The angels well, sing and they whip out the sword and it's a great scene. Well, Elrond whips out the sword and it is the sword of Narsil's that has been rebuilt. And what was cool about the sword was that there was actually elven script now in the sword. So you had elven magic along Runes. with what the Narsil array had. Fabulous. Fabulous looking sword. It's a gorgeous sword. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Elrond explains to him that, that the shadow people are what he needs to win this battle. Theoden is the only other person that knows where they're going and why they're going. And you can see it in, in the scene. Some of the Rohan's uh, sergeants are asking questions about why they're leaving and all that. And Theoden basically says, they're going to do what they have to do. Yep. We have to do what we have to do. So it was just, it was a great scene. Um, go ahead and move on in your synopsis because. I have screwed something up here because I don't have the bit about Aragorn and the undead army. I'm going to assume it's the next scene. Well, it kind of is. They keep yeah. bouncing back and forth between. Uh, that and the siege of gondor the army started yes. marching on Minas Tirith. so yeah. we'll talk about aragorn and gimli and legolas go into this little cleft in the mountain and find the the undead army and and basically so, they, so it, it was kind of cool because like legolas like threw a couple arrows through these ghosts didn't touch them you know well, the ghost well, can touch them they can't touch the ghost but then all of a sudden the uh, ghost king well, before before that, before that, they are they are packing up and getting ready to leave, and Eowyn comes up and is actually upset that they're leaving the group. She flat out tells him, "You are the leader of this group." Yeah, which to me was kind of amazing because her her, her dad dad's is the king. Her dad's the king. And, oh my gosh, she's telling Aragorn, you are the leader of this group. Now, he doesn't want to tell her where they're going. But this is also when he explains to her that he is not what she is looking for. He, he, he flat out says, what you are looking for, I cannot give you. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh man, there's there's a that's a it's bad not you, turn. it's me. <laughs> that's a bad turn down, dude. Ah, uh, Eric Vigo, I have got to talk to you about women. Uh, <laughs> so yes, so they go into the crack. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
They go into the crack without wiping. <laughs> Find in, the undead army in and search, say... In search of the undead army... And what do they find? They, what do they, they find, Burke? They find Captain Barbosa. That's what they find. That's exactly what I said, man. I was like, oh, my God, it's Captain Barbosa. <laughs> when I watched it again, I was like, oh, it's Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah. <laughs> that was That's that's one of my little bits on my other page over there. It's like, Barbosa is the guy who played the King of the Mountain Pass. Yeah. <laughs> And so, basically, Aragorn says, I'll free you of your curse if you fight for me. What say you? And that that's... Well, I think the best part of that whole scene was the fact that, that the... The the sword of the undead, The undead did not believe that he was the, the heir. king or would keep his word. And it wasn't until... He went and struck somebody else's sword and stopped he, their sword. Yeah, he parried the undead king's sword. With, yeah, and they went. Oh, and they went. Whoops. Oh, fuck! Ooh. We don't. I, we may not want to fuck with this guy. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> oh, Holy wait shit! Wait a tick. <laughs> what? The that's not supposed hell? to happen. <laughs> that's, that's never happened before. Why is it happening now? <laughs> Do we have pills for that? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> My God. I, I really need to take a picture. Of I have a cat sitting at the back door, but I have I have the curtains closed. Uh -huh. He literally has his face buried in the curtains, and he's just sitting there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching you, but I can't see you. <laughs> Sylvester. Hey, jackass. Oh, he turned his head to that. He so won't, he won't, he won't, you say his name, he ignores you. You say Jack, I say. Like, so, so we're dealing with. Uh, so he's out there wheeling and dealing. And the cool part about that whole scene was you didn't realize how many of them there were. They literally like started coming out of the walls, and there were thousands of them. You're like, oh crap. I was like, holy cow. So, so he, well, actually, we don't know at this point in time if he made the deal or not yep. in the movie. If you read the books, you know whether he made the deal or not yep. right now. But in the movie, we have no clue. So where do we go from here, my friend? The Siege of Gondor. Massive armies march upon Minas Tirith. Orcs and Urukai and trolls. They, they got so many trolls that they got some just beating drums because they know it's going to scare the piss out of those guys. Siege towers being pushed across the thing. Um, Faramir shows up half dead. And... He's up on top of that that cliff area at the top, um, and he says, "Oh, both of my sons are dead." Blah blah blah, and he runs to the edge. And this is the first time that the steward has seen the fact that there's tens of thousands 
of bad guys sitting on his front door. And it, it is a gorgeous shot because he runs to the edge and the camera is like at his back level. And then the camera lifts up to see this just massive army sitting out there. Um, he had just had no idea what the hell was going on. It's just a great reveal. The steward says, run for your lives. He starts, you know, he bitches about the fact that Rohan never showed up to help him because he wouldn't ask for the help in the first place. And then it starts going, run for your lives, run for your lives. It, it, it's very reminiscent of the movie Aliens, where dude's like, game over, man, game over. And uh, Gandalf whacks him in the head and takes him out and then takes control of everything. Funniest, funniest moment in the film, I think. Well, just not... whacks him in the head and whacks him in the head again, takes him wax, out. Whacks him in the head and he's like, uh for a second time for good measure shine your ground you know and just yeah he takes control of the whole situation um and then the the battle starts up and it's it's you know I, I love the scene where they lob the heads of the of the guys that they had just killed over the walls to demoralize the people of Minas Tirith um some of these siege towers get there and start pouring in orcs and stuff and, and, and Pippin runs down and Gandalf has to save Pippin. And uh, at one point, then all of a sudden an orc pops up behind Gandalf and Pippin saves Gandalf. And Hey, hey, before we go any further in this, I, I, I have been forgetting to give my trivia. Oh, I, what do you got? I, I have to give some trivia here. Um, Billy Boyd's singing scene came about because co-writer Philip Bowens did what? Heard him sing karaoke, which I talked about 15 minutes ago. Damn you. Were you not listening? Well, no, I don't listen to you that much. <laughs> we, we've already been here, Scott. Move on. Uh, did we do the, uh, in the book, Eowyn rides into battle with Romir, uh, taking Mary with her, but without revealing her identity? Nah, we didn't talk about the book. We are talking about the movies. Oh, okay. King Theod, never mind, we're not there yet. Go ahead. So, <laughs> apparently, I am behind on my trivia because I have not been following along with what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm talking with you, um, but I'm not following along in my notes. So there's like nine trivia questions that are n nil now. <laughs> Dude, you got 10 minutes before I got to pee again, so hurry up. Oh, my God. I'm really getting tired of rubbing my penis. I don't think you'll ever get tired of that, but I digress. It's a big battle, big battle, big battle. Then we cut over to Shelob's lair. Dude, you, you just, you just, I, I, I love that. You just went through like forty minutes of the movie. Big battle, big battle, big battle. All right, we're to the spider. <laughs> 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 ha ha, baby. 
there's more battle later on. I mean, there, this battle goes on and on. Yeah, you know, but we gotta we gotta flip over She Lives Lair. So she will take care of it. <laughs> Frodo and Gollum make it all the way to the top, and then shit gets really creepy. There's a lot of nopes in that cave. And he's like, he's like, what's going on? What's going on? And he goes in there and, and Gollum kind of disappears. And he's like, dude, wh where are you? What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they cut back to Sam, who has been crawling down the stairs and finds all the Lembus bread. Finds his testicles and says, screw this. I'm going to back up in there and show him what's really going on. And the starts crawling back up. I'm telling you, the fat ass set off the... <laughs> and he said, it is time. Shit's going down. Um, I'm going to show that skinny gray skin dude what's going on. And how horrible is this whole scene? I mean, it starts out with badness in the caves. and just gets worse and worse and worse oh crap now there's spider webs oh god there's dead bodies hanging in spider webs holy shit that's a big spider i mean that's and, like the whole scene <laughs> and and here's here's the thing frodo how do you say this nicely frodo's an idiot he's just an idiot because every time that that he sits back and he's like oh Gollum's trying to help me now you know no he sent you in with the spider. It's not that. Frodo is basically like he's on drugs. But he really needs to see if Gollum can be saved. Because if he can, that means that he himself can be saved. Like he's so dependent on seeing if, if Gollum can turn around or not. Because okay. it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell him whether he's doomed forever to be Gollum or if he can turn around and be normal again. So it's kind of a self-preservation tactic on his part. All right. And we flip back to the big battle, big battle. Grand, the hammer of the underworld. Wait. This is... Wait. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Grand? Grand, the hammer of the underworld, is what this website said. This is the big ass wolf battering ram. Oh God, that was awesome! Yeah, <laughs> you got all these trolls pulling it back, and it's not like it's just a. And battering it's on ram. fire! It's on it, fire at the same not, time. I'm like, not, damn! It's not bad enough. It's a battering ram. They make it look like this huge wolf, and the teeth are on fire, and you're like, it's just everything they do demoralizes the city so, just that much more. So, so the mouth has fire in it yeah the for paws, no reason other than it looks badass the paws are are pointed out like suction cups but with fingers so that as it hits whatever it's hitting it's basically I, I, doing it's, damage and yeah it's insane so that thing eventually takes down the front gates and and and, and, and Gandalf's like, don't let anything through. And then, like, all these big honking trolls come through. And all of a sudden, Gandalf's like, 
Ah, uh, fuck it, we're out of here. <laughs> fall back, fall back. Run away, run away. Run, 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 run. Oh, man. The choices of Master Samwise. And I, this, this is a great. This is where Samwise, Samwise figures out that the Lambus bread had been thrown out. Yep. And he's got to make the decision. Does he go back to the Shire? Or does he go to protect his friend? Big decision here. And it's all about family. Man. And that that whole scene with the, the spider just gets creepier and creepier. It's like Frodo finally gets out of some of these spider webs. Uh, Gollum fights him for a hot second, and he like tosses him off the side of a cliff. He goes and he sees these stairs going up to this tower, and then he hears some stuff behind him, and and, and then the camera pans down to underneath Frodo, so you can see above him this big ass fucking spiders up there and and jabs him right in the gut and that's the alka-seltzer scene there there's actually about a 10 minute battle between the two frodo never battles him frodo just gets messed up wrapped up and to the ground, well, but this is the part where Sam comes to the rescue. Well, he's got the hang, bottle. Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Sam or Frodo for almost 10 minutes avoids the spider and then runs into Gollum and fights a, him, tosses him valley, off the side of the cliff. Yeah, fights him, to- tosses him off the side of the cliff starts to walk away or starts to continue his journey not realizing that she's sitting over top of him mm-hmm. and that, that's such a great hand shot going underneath his legs almost looking up and seeing this yeah. huge spider man oh and, i mean when she, fuck. when she when she finally sticks him i mean because he's he's without sting He's he he has no blade anymore. It's caught in the 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 web, the web in the back, way yeah. back in the back. But I mean, it took him ten minutes to get to that point. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He gets he gets all wrapped up, thuds to the ground, and Samwise pops up out of nowhere. He had gone through the same caves, found the sword, found the vial, because the vial had been given to. Frodo originally hadn't it? Correct. Frodo actually used it. That's right. He did use it, and it fell to the ground. That's right. So, so that now he's got sting. He's got the vial. He's got his pans and pots on his back. He starts taking on this massive spider, and it's just it. That's a. That's just oh, if you don't like spiders, you're gonna hate this whole section of the movie. Holy crap! Finally, like stabs it in the eye it starts freaking out and like using its pincers to get in its eye and then eventually it tries stabbing him while he's on the ground he grabs the sword and just gut punches him with the sword and being elven magic and this being like a dark creature there's there's a lot more going on than just a little stab wound it's like 
it's kind of like when Gollum had the elven rope around his neck, talking about how it burns because elven is light and bad guys are dark. And but eventually, Sheila takes off forever. Sam goes up to Frodo and thinks he's dead. Good All of a sudden, he hears Sam. Good old Sam. Uh, Sam. He's a simple character. He's Sam a simple guy. Sam sat there and held him, and he, oh, Frodo, 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 Frodo. <laughs> then all of a sudden, some orcs started coming. Yep. And that that is the only reason that Samwise Gamgee knew that he was still alive, because the orcs said, no, he's not dead. We'll uh, take she him love, with us. She love likes his prey. She likes her prey alive. She's He'll be fine in a couple hours, and... How are we doing on time? Uh, well, you have one minute, 12 seconds left. And I'm sitting here watching a guy fucking slam his car door into my BMW. Go kick his ass. I'm about to. Fucking Mexicans. <laughs> ah, you got to cut that one out now. <laughs> You'll forget. <laughs> I almost don't care if I forget that one. He just smashed his freaking 1987 Ford Explorer's car door with no window into my brand new BMW. Brand new to you. Well, yeah, that too. Alrighty. This that, is a really great place to stop. Ooh, is this And take a break. Ooh, I have a song for that. Don't okay. stop believing. Oh, no. That'd have been a great song. kids we'll be back in a little bit
So apparently, I forgot to feed the cats. <laughs> so, you you know how throughout the show they've all been around me, making noise, doing stuff. Yeah, trying to remind your dumbass to feed their. <laughs> A dickhead, feed us! <laughs> totally forgot. Mine just come up and bite me. <laughs> I, I I love that Prince song, man. That is one of my favorite Prince songs ever. Um, I think it's one of his better songs, actually. And it never really made it top. Well, it made I, it, it was it, off his first album for crying out loud. I mean, you know. You know, it, it's just a great sounding song that has that has great rhythm. Um, but I mean, as we said during our Prince shows, that's that's just the way he was. He was a perfectionist with mm -hmm. the sound. Um, almost anything he touched was oh, uh oh, is that Los Caliente? These are the Pringles hot ones, potato chips, and this is the medium level one. And let me tell you, I've had this can for like two weeks. Damn me, we'll finish it. How many have you had tonight? None yet. Well, we're, we're waiting. Gonna have, we're going to have a couple right now. Oh. Mm. Mm. There's almost like a... Um, like a dill pickle flavor in the background. So good. And the heat hits you right off the rip. Yeah. But it's it's the slow burn that will get you with these bad boys. Mm. Mm. Oh my god. I I cannot wait. September twentieth, people. September twentieth. I am in Cleveland. Well, I'll actually be in Putin Bay on the twentieth, but we will do the show on the twenty fourth mm. in Canton with the hot one sauces. Uh. I, I am so looking forward to the show. My I'm, head's getting shinier as we speak. Oh, oh my god! Uh. Oh, remember. We'll have Burke, Sam, Bob. Sam will be sitting there watching us. She cannot handle uh, hot food Sam's, at all. Sam said that if we get her drunk enough, she will try. Uh, uh, then then this, this stuff just sits on the tip of your tongue and burns the tip of your tongue. Uh, so we so will good. Oh, my God. We will be, we will be, oh, I just, oh my God, I just hit my microphone with my freaking finger. That hurt. Ooh. Um, I'm sure y'all heard it. Thank you. Have a good day. Um, yes, we shall be having the Hot Ones Challenge. 
on the Ooh. Davis and Davis show. It's going to be ugly. going to be horrible. Uh, is it okay if we just get, like, you know, chicken nuggets for this stuff? Well, that's uh, a, yeah, we're we're just going to uh, go. We're going to do the cheapo uh, McDonald's chicken nuggets. Well, we might find some nicer something than that. I mean, my wife does work for Chick-fil-A. Oh, she does? Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we might be in style with some chicken fingers. <laughs> uh, they uh, have, I will tell you right now, Chick-fil-A has the best chicken fingers out of everyone. Mm. Poor Bert. Raisin Cane's is up there, too. Raisin Cane's is good, but I'm all about the Chick-fil-A, my friend. Ugh. Uh, poor Burke is having um, existential apop- crisis. Yeah. <laughs> How in the hell are you going to handle the bomb? I'm not. I'm going to die. This is going to be horrible. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, sir. It is time for you to move on in our story of Lord of the Rings. I shouldn't have eaten hot potato chips before I have to talk. Jesus. Oh my God, that hurts. Oh dear Lord. Okay. Denethor's madness. God, here. Here we go. So the steward tries to fry himself and his son. Bring me oil and firewood! <laughs> Dumbass! But Pippin gets Gandalf involved. <laughs> he he deserves to be in Pickaway prison. <laughs> Pippin runs down and is trying to find Gandalf. And he's like, Denethor's gone mad. Come get him. Help, help, help. Are you okay? Yeah, sure. Wow, that uh, did, that did not look good, dude. You look like wow. you're. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Hey, do you see the picture behind me? It it's less hot than my tongue right now, but yeah, I see um, it. That is the place where we are staying <laughs> while we are in Putin Bay. So we got a lot of stuff going on. We're Go going on. between. The Pippin and Gandalf and the steward, and the battle going outside. The massive battle rages on during the night. All looks lost. And then a horn blows in the distance. Ah. Of Rohan stops everyone in their tracks. And all the bad guys look to their right and go, Oh crap, there's some horses up there. And then more show up and more show up and more show up. Uh, this is this is the first time that you see uh the orc leader actually look scared. Scared. Yeah. Uh, of what's going on. He felt like he had this battle in control and all of a sudden you saw in his face his eyes got twice the size 
Well, it wasn't until they started running at him that he's like, uh, uh, oh crap. <laughs> this may not go well. And this is, and then we flip right back to the steward almost killing his son, where he lights everything on fire. And Gandalf and his horse kick down the door, run in. The horse rears up and like smacks down the steward. Pippin jumps off the horse and, and saves Faramir. And unfortunately, the steward like falls back on the pyre and gets lit on fire and he runs out. Yeah, he was already kind of on fire, but. The minute that he falls back into the pyre, he's all lit up like a Christmas tree. It's it's yeah, it's like what what do you do now, buddy? Sorry, and and, and, and I gotta admit, I mean, it's it's the dude's on fire and he's running a quarter mile, but when he runs off the very end of that precipice, a thousand feet, and just as this fireball leap off the end, I mean, it's a pretty epic scene. It's an epic scene, but you're really not upset. Nah. is come up and then you get this awesome uh speech from Theoden with all his horse riders and these uh, six thousand, ten thousand horses, and all of a sudden they're all chanting the word death. Like most of them realize they're probably not gonna make it, and it doesn't matter. We're fighting for everyone and they're all chanting death and and then the charge itself is freaking awesome they he starts the the king starts slowly trotting and then goes to a canter then goes to a gallop and everyone's just following stride it, it, it's this huge wall of horses coming to kick the crap out of all these orcs and everything and yeah the the bad guy orc is like, oh, shit. And yeah, stuff gets real. Yeah, that's that's exactly what he said, too. <laughs> so. Listen here, jackass. <laughs> we, we be in trouble. Shit's going bad. Shit's going down. Shit's going wrong. Everyone thinks, hey, the good guys have won. And then all of a sudden they hear these other horns off in the distance. Like, oh, shit. What the hell is that over there? Big ass elephants on the horizon. What like, the like, hell? Like walkers out of the Return of the Jedi. Or not Return That's, of the Jedi. But... No, that, that was the first thing I, I was like, they're at-ats. Mm-hmm. That's it. They're at-ats. Um but honestly, who the hell writes this stuff? <laughs> you, you know, they're they're almost to the point of winning. They are almost to the point of winning, people. And then all of a sudden, there's freaking elephants. And not just elephants, they're like mastodon things. They're like three times the size of any elephant. They've got on, 30 guys riding on top of them, raining arrows of death down on the guys below. They're elephants with four, four tusks. And, and of course, they've equipped them with armor and spikes and chains and just all sorts of nastiness and... Yeah, stuff starts going down. Stuff starts going bad. 
Oh, shit, dude. That's beyond stuff going down. I mean, you, you see that shit coming at you. You're like, what the hell? What the hell do I do now? I just had to fight like 10,000 orcs. I've killed half of them. And now you're throwing freaking elephants with spikes. Now. Oh, man, I have missed a scene in here. Oh, you haven't missed a scene yet. There's, no, there's, a, there's scene a scene coming right here. up. And I think at this point, we switch to the river. Yes, we do. And all the ships pull into the port, and some of the orcs are like, about time, you little, you know, scurvy rats. Get down and, here and help us with the thing. And, and who jumps off the ship? Aragorn. Gimli and Legolas pop off. And the orcs that are sitting there look confused. But they're not scared. They're not scared of three people. No, they start advancing on the three people. They're like, ah, we're going to kick these three guys' butts. What what comes after those three people jump over the ship is the answer answer to the question that we had a half an hour ago in this podcast, which is, did Did the undead army say yes or no? Well, you kind of figured that out there. There's kind of a whole bunch of undead falling out of a a ship. And and, and ghost riders running across the river and just this army just starts kicking ass and taking names. And, of course, you know, Gimli and Legolas are back to their old antics of, you know, keeping count of how many kills they have and may the best dwarf win, you know. (laughs) And that, okay, so that carries on over from the two towers. Yes. The the guys are in a battle and they are still counting their kills. They're keeping score. It's like guys in college. <laughs> oh, that's, but I, I think I think my favorite part of of this battle was uh Legolas going up against the the elephant. Oh, and before and, you say anything and, else did you notice the Wilhelm scream of one of the guys falling off the back of the elephant? No. Don't really care. That doesn't go with my story. Do you not know what the Wilhelm scream is? Okay. Do tell, because there's an entire audience here. Oh, my God. The Wilhelm scream is possibly in every film where somebody falls any distance whatsoever. It's... It was like an Easter egg. There's a Wilhelm scream in the first Star Wars movie. Um, it's all over the place. Oh, my God. You, uh, you Okay. You have to look it up and listen to it. Look it okay. up right now and listen to it. Okay. 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 We'll, okay. I'm, I'm going to look it like, up go in a up, second. Go, okay. Go but on. I'm, I'm in a groove here, and I'm explaining that Legolas goes through crawls up arrows on the leg of an elephant, unhooks the harness so that all the people fall off. Then he grabs the harness, which pulls him up onto the back of the elephant. Then he shoots the elephant in the back of the head and three arrows and slides down his tusk. And what is the first thing that Gimli says? 
that only counts as one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's I I went through all that for that little joke right there, <laughs> and you brought that. up some freaking scream. Uh, well, I also have. Well, I had the Wilhelm scream, and then do you like or hate how Legolas takes down the elephant? However, Gimli states that still only counts as one. Still only counts as one. <laughs> now, go to your local browser and look up the Wilhelm scream. Once you hear this, you will never unhear this. It is in every bloody movie as a as an Easter egg for all audio editors from time immortal down to now. As you are doing that, I'm going to get rid of the stuff I have done. Yeah. That scream. You're watching a video with every film that's ever been in, aren't you? Why, yes, I am. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> it is literally in hundreds and hundreds of films. I can't hear the audio anymore, but... Oh, you can't hang on. Beauty and the Beast, Young Indiana Jones. Batman Returns. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. Aladdin. Can you, can you hear it now? Oh, yeah. Young Indiana Jones. Young Indiana Jones. A goofy movie? Toy Story. Return of the Jedi. Hercules. Small soldiers. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 4. The Phantom Menace. 
It goes on and on and on. Um, all right. So that's yeah. That's that's gotta be freaking hilarious. Hey, brother. <laughs> Jay, I loved your video on Tuesday about all of the Easter eggs that we should be on the lookout right. for. Let me uh, let me turn him off. <laughs> Dickhead here. <laughs> so now that you have heard that scream, you will hear it forever. My gosh, <laughs> that's freaking awesome! <laughs> I had no clue. You learn something uh, new every day. Do we might have to do a podcast on um, <laughs> the Wilhelm scream? On uh, no, on stupid tricks that they use in the movies. Ah, uh, so good. All right, so where the hell were we? Um, is that the same scream that they used when uh that was uh, that was one of the guys that fell off the back of the elephant when Legolas was going up Yep. So then we I get... was I was hoping that it was Durnhelm, but go yeah. ahead. So then we have the Witch King come down, the Witch King of Agmar on his fell beast grabs the King of Rohan's horse with the King of Rohan on it, tosses him around, throws him to the ground. His body is broken. He's I'm, stuck beneath his horse. Beneath his horse, I'm broken. And the Witch King says, "Feast." And then who pops up? Eowyn, and says, "You are not going to get my father's penis." <laughs> and she decides she's gonna cut the head off of this dragon thingy and then the witch king pops up and goes you should not come between the Nazgul and his prey and at that moment what little dude pops up behind him and stabs in the leg it's Mary yes who'd rode into battle with Eowyn. Yes. And at that moment, she rips off her helmet. Damn. He, yeah, because the witch king he, goes... You said Nicky. rips You said rips off, and the first thing that <laughs> popped into my head was, yeah. But that's, that's okay. She ain't got no boobies. He, he goes, you fool, no man can kill me. And she rips off her helmet, and she goes, I am no man, and stabs him right in the face, and he Bam! just implodes. It's a great scene. Why did he implode? Well, he had been killed by something that could kill him, and I think he's been dead for so many years that the magic just left his body and it just imploded. I don't know. Maybe it explains in the book. I don't know. I don't remember it, but... Oh, there it is. I just had this stuff out of order. Ships show up and Aragorn jumps out. Yeah. So at this point, Eowyn is there. Her father's laying on the ground, dying. At least the king did get to watch and see what a total badass his daughter really is. Because he was totally like, no, you can't fight. No, you can't fight. And here she is saving him from a nasty death as opposed to a righteous death. He passes away. 
she cries. At that point, the rest of the... Un <laughs> no, I mean, that's... Yeah. Hey, he passes away, uh, she, cries. she cries. But she <laughs> saves... She's kind of cool about it. She saves her tears until after he has passed. So she, she does. So he doesn't have to watch her cry over his death. He actually has a great speech during yeah. his death. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into what it was, but go watch the movie. This is actually a very moving scene where he realizes that his daughter is worthy to be the queen. And I mean, he told the leader her, yeah. to be the leader of his people. He told her ahead of time, before the battle, even before he, I mean, he didn't know that she was out there, but before they left the, the camp, he told her, if I do not return, you must lead. And it was just, it was a great scene. I loved the death scene with him. As I said, Theoden. The guy that played there then uh Yeah, he, he pulled out all the here. stops on this performance. Uh here we go. His name was Bernard Hill. And uh there's this one scene right before he dies where Theoden runs down he's on the back of a horse and he's riding down in front of his riders with his sword clanking on everyone's staff. Yeah. above him it's a brilliant scene and i i thought peter jackson was incredible for doing the scene but it wasn't him it turned out it turned out that bernard hill came up with the idea of, to, of, of raising his sword and clanking at all the the spears that were sticking at, out as he was riding down on his horse i was like that's what that's a brilliant scene in this movie. I mean, yep. it's it really shows the freaking power of of humanity. King and his men. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way that he boosted his guys before they went into battle. That's smacking the poles of each person makes the battle uh personal to each person we're here together and it just i i just i loved every man of that the death <laughs> scene the death scene was incredible um i think the acting on both eowyn as well as theoden was just just perfect it, for that scene yeah it, it was it was excellent it was perfect for that scene and the way that he died with his eyes wide open he just stopped and it was like ho wow and all of a sudden she she's now the queen the the leader she is the leader of not Rohan. de facto she's she's earned her right to be the the, the leader yes sir so stuff starts calming down a bit the undead army takes out the rest of the elephants, rolls into the city, takes out all the orcs in the city. Everything is cleaned out. And Aragorn 
and the undead king are standing there on the field of battle and the undead king says, you know, release us. And of course, Gimli's there going, I wouldn't do that, lad. They're good in a tight fight and everything, but Aragorn is a man of his word, releases the undead army from their oath, and they all just kind of fade away into nothingness. Okay, this is probably the one spot in the movie where I disagree with J.R.R. Tolkien in that I always believed that he shouldn't have released the undead until after the battle with Sauron. Well, well, check me if I'm wrong, but in the book, wasn't it mountain men and not undead? Yes, correct. In the book, it says mountain men. So they were like real men, just the descendants of the guys that had left and everything. They were they were dead. I never well, caught that in the book, but I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. I thought yeah. they were like real live men. No, they weren't. They weren't live men. They were cursed. They were cursed as undead. So they couldn't die. They could not resolve their their life. Um, they weren't alive, but they weren't dead. So they were kind of in the middle. Zombie-ish. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Next scene, we go to the Tower of Sirith Ungol. Ah, so Frodo the wakes up from a bender, has no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> he had that Willet. <laughs> Basil Hayden's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's up there. He wakes up from the 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 spider venom. He, he's, he's naked. He's tied up with a rope. He realizes he doesn't have the ring. It's like all is lost and you know, badness happens. And then the orc and the urukai up there get into a fight and stuff goes down and the rest of the tower gets into a fight between orcs and urukai and they're killing each other. And, and Sam shows up to save the day, man. Like he shows up at this tower most everybody's dead, but he's wal he's waltzing up these steps, and all of a sudden he sees like what three orcs, and he just goes at them and messes them up, and goes to the very top. And let me ask you a question: Well, well really, orc... really, the cool part was that he used he the shadow, used the shadow, to make himself look bigger. So the orcs were almost in retreat when he made it up the staircase. It was the funniest. I think it was a great scene of of him making it to the top of that of that staircase, and the orcs finally realize, oh, "Holy shit, this guy's only like freaking three feet tall." But he's a badass. But he turns out to be a badass. This one's for my gaffer. This one. <laughs> but he gets I to mean, the top. This, of, he this gets is to... where this is where you realize that. 
all that training that Strider did with the Hobbit. In the first movie. In the first movie, it made sense. Paying off. Yes. Let me ask you a really weird question. That sure. orc at the very top of the tower, the one that found Frodo originally. Yes. That dude looked like Trent Reznor. Yes. Okay, every time I see him, I was like, holy crap, that looks like Trent Reznor. Was, like, was he in this movie or not? But anyway, and, yeah. And that was, okay, that was another thing. Uh, what was in Samwise's uh, uh, favor is that all the orcs were fighting with each other. Yeah, they basically killed everybody off in that tower except for like four or now, five guys. Trent Reznor was the orc that almost fell into the hole. But survived. Yeah. And honestly, I still think it's Trent Reznor. Dude looks an awful lot like him. Holy cow. But anyway, he's about to to kill Frodo at the very top of the tower. And all of a sudden, this sword just sticks out through his chest. And it turns out to be Sting because it's glowing blue. And Sam saves the day. And Frodo's like, no, we're done. We're lost. They have the ring. And Sam's like, begging your pardon sir but no they don't pulls it out of his pocket and frodo's like you gotta give me the ring and and sam for a hot second is like taken by the power of the ring and frodo like kind of explains it was like look that's this is my burden you can't carry the ring i have to do it fortunately sam gives him the ring puts it on his neck they they get dressed up in orc armor to kind of blend in Take off to the the volcano. The land of shadows is the next scene. Gandalf comes up with a harebrained scheme to give Frodo more time. You can tell I was getting a little more lit as I wrote this stuff up. So Gandalf realizes that they have, you know, Frodo hasn't been found. And they got to give him some time. And then he realizes there's like 10,000 orcs between where Frodo is and where Frodo needs to go. Here's the thing. Uh, Amir. Faramir. Faramir. Faramir tells Gandalf that he saw Frodo and Samwise. That's right. so, So this kind of, this kind of helps Gandalf engaging, oh my gosh, we've got to give Frodo more time. So Frodo or so Gandalf and Aragorn come up with a plan to give a diversion to let Frodo make it to Mount Doom. Where he must destroy the ring. And I love how Gimli is sitting sideways in the steward's throne. And after they explain the harebrained scheme, he goes, certainty of death, small chance of success. What are we waiting for? Uh, yeah. Gimli, since you brought him up, I will do the piece of trivia that I don't think has been brought up yet. Okay. Did you know that Gimli, the gentleman playing Gimli, was allergic to latex? 
Okay. All through the shooting, his eyes would puff up. And that's why every now and then you'd see in a scene where like his one eye is a little more closed than the other one. Because yeah, you, you got this, in what do they this, call it? In this movie, you see it a lot more because... Uh, Dermal the, eczema, is that what they called it or something yes, like that? Yes, uh, which was caused from the latex and the spirit gum used to attach the prosthetics. Now, this guy went through a couple of years of this crap, and he's a trooper for keeping on, keeping on. So, I had to bring that up since you were talking about Gimli. I love Gimli. Because this is actually one of the scenes where you could see in his eyes that his his one eye was starting Swollen. to swell. Yeah. 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 Starting to swell shut. Yeah. So... They gather up all the remaining dudes and they march on the front door, the black gates of Mordor. The bad guys come out, surround the men, and then Aragorn has his moment of a great speech where he talks about the the courage of men and how it may fail someday, but today... That day is not this day. So hoping you might have some more about that, but apparently not. Okay, so onwards. Sorry. <laughs> we flip back to Frodo and Sam going up the base of the volcano, Mount Doom. Uh, it gets to the point where it's kind of a weird scene because, like, you can almost see the weight of the ring pulling his neck down the closer he gets to his goal. Um, and it gets to the point where, where Frodo just cannot go on and Sam steps up to the plate and sees the loophole and goes, if I can't carry the ring, I will carry you and picks his ass up and starts trotting up the mountain. Then we flip back to Aragorn at the gates Right after this whole thing, this is a great scene because Aragorn doesn't know if Frodo's really alive or dead. And there's there's something in the extended version where the mouth of Sauron comes out and, and, and throws the mithril shirt at Aragorn. And Aragorn's not sure if Frodo's alive or dead. Uh, he cuts that dude's heads off and they run back. They have the big thing. His battle charge is nothing but for Frodo. And that could mean this is for Frodo to have a chance or because Frodo's dead, we're doing this in his honor. You don't really know which way it's going. So wasn't this where uh, you didn't really see them say that out loud, but you saw them mouth it. Yeah. Uh, they they didn't actually it was like a, a music layover over the uh the actual talking and it was actually very moving the way that they did it because they did it at like half speed um so you saw aragorn doing the talk you saw mary saying the same thing you saw pippin saying the same thing it was just it was very moving that they were all for for Frodo. Yep. 
And the cool thing is, like, Aragorn's the first one to run out. Merry and Pippin are the second ones to run out with that charge. Then the rest of the guys join in for the charge. Um, flip back to Mount Doom. Mount Golem Doom. pops up out of nowhere. Tries taking out Frodo and Sam. Ah, he gets bastard. a he gets a beat down from those two guys. Uh, so we we are at the the battle at the Black Gate, right? Yes, I have to I have to say this. Uh, to get enough extras for the battle at at the Black Gate, a few hundred members of the New Zealand Army <laughs> were brought in. Oh wow! For the filming, they apparently were so enthused during the battle scene. That they kept breaking the wooden swords they were given. <laughs> God, I love that. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. I mean, the New Zealand army played orcs and good guys and kept breaking their swords. <laughs> All right, sir, carry on. Next scene is the Eagles are coming. So ring race start flying in. There's a big battle with Aragorn and a big troll, which apparently was originally written to be Sauron. Which I did not know, but didn't know that myself. Didn't quite work for the whole thing because, you know, the ring was not with Sauron. So they, they made into a big orc. Um, and there's a great scene where like everyone's trying to get to Aragorn because he's up against, you know, this 30 foot troll and he's getting his ass handed to him and they just can't get to him because all these other guys get in the way. But then the Eagles show up out of the nowhere, take out all these ring wraiths, start taking out orcs left and right. Yeah. And then we flip back to Mount Doom again. Frodo! Frodo! And Frodo and Sam make it into Mount Doom. This is the only CGI. There's there's two pieces of CGI in this movie that bug me a little bit. Sam kind of wakes up from the fight with Golem, and sees, <laughs> Sam wakes up, sees Frodo running into the doorway at Mount Doom. It is a CGI shot. It's an overlay, yeah. and you can tell that Frodo was was filmed on a stationary camera. The scene was this pan from right to left, and they tried to track it right, but it just doesn't work. You can see Frodo's feet kind of like slide along to the right. It's just, it's not perfect, but it was 20 years ago. I'm, I'm not going to give him crap about that. So anyway, ring race fly in, eagles show up, nick of time, crack of doom. Sam goes into his, to the big doorway and is going along that little precipice there and sees Frodo at the very end and, and is yelling at, at, at Frodo to throw it in. And, and, and Frodo's looking at the ring, unfortunately. Like, if he had closed his eyes and just let his hand go, it would have all been over. But he's staring at this thing, and, and, and it takes him heart and soul. And he goes, no, it's mine, and pulls it off the chain, puts it on his finger, and disappears Frodo, he tries to escape, 
and you can see the footprints and everything. And all of a sudden behind Sam, you see Gollum pop up out of nowhere and hit Sam over the head with a rock. Sam's out. But then Gollum, who's had the ring for years, knows he's invisible and he's looking for the feet print, jumps onto Frodo and starts wrestling with this invisible guy and pulls up his arm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Before yeah. you go any further, before you go any further, we have to take a quick, quick break. Quick break. And then we will be right back and we will do the conclusion of the movie and our evaluation of all three so everyone sit back listen to some music we'll be right back see you soon really believe this song was the only time during my first marriage that I thought we were going to make it. (laughs) We actually played this. We played this on our uh, on our wedding night. I don't know if you remember this. 
We, we, my wife and I played this at our wedding reception. We we played this at my wedding and had all the men line up on one side <laughs> and all the women line up on the other side. And we screamed at each other for seven minutes. Man, I thought I thought Sandy and I were going to last forever after this. I mean, because we had her friends, we had your, we had my friends, we had everyone together. We were doing it. Ah, what a great time! I, I think we talked song. about this song in our uh, one video that never got published. I, I do believe we did. I think that this this song is is iconic. Oh God, yeah. Um, yeah. I it's it's a sad fact that Meatloaf. Okay, Meatloaf in his lifetime was a movie star, was a rock and roll star, all that Broadway star. But, but the bastard went broke. I mean, this is an iconic song. This song is still played today. Oh, yeah. It was played at your wedding. It was played at my wedding. It's it's iconic. And the guy went broke. Yeah, that was not his fault entirely. But, yeah. No, we'll talk was, about that. Well, we will talk about that in another podcast. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. Right now. I'm sorry, guys. We're into the Lord of the Rings. Uh. <laughs> Let's see here. Boom. Timer. Oh, crap. There you go. Timer started. Oh, we're on the clock, baby. Guys, we have 49 minutes and 54 seconds left until this podcast is over. I think we can do it. I think I think can. I can. I think I can. <laughs> I think I can. I think I can. Wait till we do the Harry Potters. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna make you do the Harry Potters. You made No. Us, you made us do the Lord of the Rings, you asshole. <laughs> I'm going to make you do the Harry Potter uh, thing. It's yeah. not going to be right now, but at some point in time, it's going to come out of my fucking pie hole. And uh, you're going to sit there and go, oh, I hate you. I hate your guts. <laughs> okay. All right, sir. Let's finish this bitch. So we yeah. are sitting out on that little tiny island of rock above all the lava and Frodo and Gollum are going at it. Gollum is on top of the invisible Frodo, grabs an arm, grabs a finger, and bites his finger off. Yes. Fucking A, that's brutal. And then, then instantly Frodo is visible because the ring ain't on him anymore. Oh, yes. F fucking Gollum is a dick. And then uh, in an absolutely beautiful shot of, and it's really gross because, like, if you're watching, 
he pulls the ring off of Frodo's finger and throws the finger on the ground. Fucking and tough. then holds it up above his head. And there's this beautiful shot where you're looking straight down at Gollum's face. And the camera pans back up and through the ring and keeps panning up so you can see the whole area below him. It, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful shot. And, and can only be done in CG, but yo, yeah. Anyway, um, and then we switch scenes again. God damn, this film is killing me. Yeah, Aragorn's back trying to fight off this full-size troll, and people are trying to get to him, and they can't, and they're worried he's going to die horribly. And then we flip back to Frodo, with his you know stubby finger and bleeding out and 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 he the jumps up the stub the, the stub. stubby he jumps up and, and golem's just like he's dancing around like he ain't got a care in the world because he's got the precious and 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 frodo's advancing on they start tussling again man and they're right on the edge and then they both fall over the side of the cliff the next scene is also a gorgeous scene. Um, Gollum is falling down, 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 down into the lava. He, he's still holding the ring above him. He hits the lava, and it's really kind of weird because, like, he instinctively tries to save the ring by sticking it up way above his head as he's sinking into the lava. So the very last thing you see is his hand holding the ring, and the ring is resting on this, like, colder bit of lava that's not quite hot enough to burn the ring it does kind of remind me of the terminator where he's got the thumbs up as he well, goes yeah. into the molten steel which came later on if i recall yes we flip back to frodo actually hanging off the ledge and sam yelling at him to not give up and pulling him up off the ledge And there's an interesting thing about this. Frodo never gave up the ring willingly. It was, it took complete control of him. It was stolen from him. So he's not quite free of its hold, even after it gets destroyed. Mm -hmm. He never gave it up on his own. Um, and then you have this beautiful shot of the ring finally melting into nothingness. And as soon as that happens, Sauron is defeated. Uh, all the bad guys instantly are like not in Sauron's control. And they realize, crap, I don't want to be here. And they all run for the hills. Um, the tower starts to crumble slowly and surely. And then it comes down. And right before it hits the complete bottom Sauron's eye explodes and just like you know this huge it's kind of reminiscent of the very first scene in the movie where Sauron got his ring cut off of him and blew everybody over backwards um and everyone's rejoicing okay. so it's reminiscent of that but it's not it's not because in the beginning of the movie the ring's never destroyed. This is the first time that the ring is totally destroyed. Yep. And 
it's almost like all of Mordor is being reset. The the black they realize gates, that they've got their own agendas and it's not yeah, they want to get the hell out of there. Yeah. So anyways, move on. Or so as soon as as soon as the ring is destroyed, all the bad guys run in fear, Sauron Towers crumble, the eyes extinguish, everyone is happy and rejoicing, and they're like, Oh my god, Frodo did it and everything. And then the volcano explodes. And they're all freaking out because they're like, oh, fudge nuggets. Hey, we didn't know that was going to happen. Um, Wait, isn't Frodo in that volcano that's blowing up? Right? Oh, that's hey, bad. Cause that, somebody, that can't be good. Because somebody called 911 because <laughs> I don't, uh, that's, uh, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> we didn't think about that. The next thing is the end of all things is the name of the scene where Sam and Frodo run out of the entrance to Mount Doom just ahead of the lava, jump onto a rock and find a safe spot for now. And then they take a well-deserved nap. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, what are you going to do? You, you've been through hey. hell. You, you have no you, food you have left. No food, no water. You have no water left. You're on a rock in the middle of a molten lava flow. You have nowhere to go. What do you got to do? Well, hell, man. And it's, it, is a really, it is a really nice scene where them talking. It's kind of cool because, like, the ring's destroyed. And Frodo realizes the ring is actually destroyed. Now he kind of can remember the Shire he starts talking about i can see the party tree and i remember the taste of strawberries and and samwise is talking about rosy cotton and all that kind of good stuff and i would have married her yeah well they, because they, at, at that point in time they don't realize that they're gonna get out of it no they think they're done i mean it, and even sam in the last movie realized they were not gonna make it back now Okay, I don't, I don't know where you are in your synopsis. Uh, are are we to the point of what? Well, move on. They take a nap. They wake up, and the eagles come out of the distance. Thank you. Gandalf sends in the eagles. He's to, riding one of them. To well, are they eagles or hawks? They sound like hawks. They're eagles. They're absolutely but, eagles. But. In the book, they're written as eagles. Yeah. So I was a little kind of taken off on that. Well, not every eagle is a bald eagle. There's different kinds of eagles out there. These are closer to like being golden eagles than anything else. So, so Gandalf is riding on the eagle. Uh, they come and pick up Samwise as, and Frodo. And Frodo. And, and that's great. This is this is kind of a great way to end the movie, I yep. thought. Yep. Um, if you read the book, it's not how it ends. And neither does the movie. And there's really like three endings to this movie. And, yeah. and they're all deserved. I mean, people well, bitch about it, but I, I like it. 
So, okay, the ending that we have in the movie. Let's let's go over that. Sauron's defeated. Evil's dead. You could have ended the movie there. It would have been fine. But yes. then we start with the eagles showing up in the distance and picking them up and taking them away. The next scene is the Fellowship reunited. Frodo wakes up. And he, you're not he's not quite sure if he's dead or not. Because he sees Gandalf. Right. Who he thought all this time was dead. And he's thinking, well, maybe I'm dead and, and we're back together in Deadland. I'm not quite sure. But then you know, the then the door busts open and Marion Pippin busts in the door and he's like, Oh crap, I'm alive. Wait, we're all alive. What the hell is going on? And they start talking about everything going on. Gimli shows up. Legolas shows up. Aragorn shows up. And then finally, last but not least, Sam shows up kind of sheepishly. And they're all rejoicing and having a grand old time. And that's a that's kind of another ending. That's kind of the ending of the fellowship in a way, also. And then the next scene is the return of the king beautiful pan shot from the base all the way to the top of Mias Tirith where the entire top of this thing is packed with thousands of people and you zoom in on Aragorn being kinged as the king of men um, the coronation uh, he gets the crown put on him by Gandalf and Gimli is there he sings this kind of cool song. And then he starts walking through the crowd. And he sees some elves and he sees Elrond. And I, I'll take that back. He sees uh, Legolas and, and like embraces Legolas. And Legolas gives this little like look to the side like, hey, look over there. And he looks over and he sees this, this tabard being held by somebody. And the tabard moves aside. And there's the love of his life. Yes. Arwen. She is there. Yeah. They kiss. It's it's sweet. I, I ain't gonna lie. I like that scene. And she's like, you know, not kind of not sure of herself. And he's just like, no, you're, you're, you're going to be queen. It's all good. And then arm in arm, they start walking through the crowd and talking to people. And they get to the hobbits. Man, this is the line that kills me every every single time i don't care what's going on they bow the hobbits bow down to the king and the king and aragorn goes like no you don't understand you bow to no one and aragorn takes a knee and everybody takes a knee to the four hobbits and the entire thousands of people are all bowing down to the hobbits and man, that scene just crushes me every time. And it it's a and it's a great bit of acting on the four of them. I mean, you know, like Mary's like totally digging this. No, I'm sorry, Pippin's totally enjoying it. Mary's kind of bewildered. Sam is like, this is nice. And and poor Frodo's just kind of lost. But yeah, that scene kills me. And then they talk about the age of men have returned. And they start heading back to the Shire. 
and 13 months to the day they get back to the Shire. And it's, it's going to get a great scene with the guy from the very beginning who was all dour and everything, sees him walking, he's scowling at him, and they're all just like in their finery and whatever. They get They get back home. They go to the local bar. They sit down. They have a beer. And they this see is, Rosie. Well, this is a great scene because they're all kind of like clink their glasses and they look at each other like, what are you doing over there? Who, me? Yeah, you. You know I know. <laughs> are you playing with a cat? Yes. <laughs> okay. That's forgivable. <laughs> So anyway, the the four of them are sitting in this bar and they're clinking their beer mugs together. But like you can all see like the beginnings of PTSD in all of them from like. Well, the, I I think this is the first point in time where you actually see uh, Frodo is not um, cognizant. Not well, he's not cognizant of what's going on around him. He just looks lost. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, at this point in time, you don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Then eventually, they're all sitting there. Sam looks up, sees rosy cheeks. I mean, rosy cotton. And uh, he takes a big old swig of beer, sets it down, rolls on over. And you don't really see what's going on, but you get the funny feeling that he just like went up, grabbed her, and planted a big old kiss on her. Because the other guys are like, oh, crap, what the hell is going on? You know, they, they turn around like they're embarrassed. So one of the things that I always dealt with as a kid was being, uh, I was scared of the opposite sex. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't walk up to people and ask them out or anything like that. And that's where this, I can so relate to this. You finally had something that changed your life. You know, for, for me, getting shot in the Navy changed a lot of stuff for me. I no longer had the inhibitions or or dude i wasn't scared Didn't i could give a fuck i could walk up to any woman and say whatever i want it didn't scare me i could walk up to any guy and say what i want and that is where samwise is he's been through hell it doesn't matter anymore he knows what he wants. He's got the courage. And he realizes, hey, I, I, I faced down all this other crap. I can go talk to a girl because I want to marry this girl. I I marched all the way to Mount Doom. I could go talk to a woman. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so in the next scene, he's marrying her. Which is great. It's a, it's a fun scene. Then later on. Okay, so so the next couple of scenes are scenes that we can totally skip because they're just fun and fluff. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, in essence, you know, he marries her, and then you, you skip to Frodo is in his bag end, finishing his book 
And Samwise walks in and goes, oh, you finished your book, you know? And now there's a couple pages left, you know? And then uh, another scene later, Gandalf and Bilbo show up in a little carriage. And they all jump in and they all take off. And they're all heading to the harbor. Evil 3, da-da-da. Excuse me, I'm looking at some of my other stuff. Can't enjoy the Shire because of all the fighting they did. Yeah, ending number four is Frodo's ending. Yep. So they all take off to the harbor. The Grey Havens is the name of the harbor. Uh, Bilbo, who is now really, really old, is taking off the elves to the Undying Lands. And then you realize Gandalf has also taken off with him, which I didn't quite understand, but it's like, okay, you know, you lived one life and then you had a second well, life. And Well, in the movie, it it kind of happened as as uh, uh, Bilbo jumped onto the ship. Then Gandalf said he was going. And then Gandalf looks at Frodo and he's like, it's time. It's time, Frodo. Then the three of them look over at him like, what? Dude, I started bawling. Oh, it was bad. I, I, I was just sitting there go, wait, after everything that all these guys have been through, you're still going to separate them? I mean, Samwise is his best friend. But he doesn't, he, he can't enjoy the Shire. He can't enjoy that world. Once again, the, the he never let go of the ring. It still has a hold on him, even though it's destroyed. He will never, ever be happy in his life there. Okay. The undying lands are his only chance at happiness. I understand what you're saying. I don't agree. Well, you have to talk to J.R.R. Tolkien about that shit. Well... Give me about five years when I die. I'll go up there. <laughs> so eventually, Frodo boards the ship. And this is the first time in a long time you've seen Frodo smile. And he just gives him that little smile, nods at them like, it's all good, man. And he, he gives his book to Sam. He, he hugs all the other hobbits. He gives the book to Sam and says, the last pages are for you. And jumps on the ship and takes off. And then Samwise goes back to Hobbiton. And and apparently the little girl he's holding in his arms is Sean Astin's real daughter in real life. Um, and uh, Sam goes home to Rosie and they live happily ever after. And that is that's the last ending of the movie. <sighs> so I hated the end of this movie and a lot of it has to do with the fact that that Samwise Gamgee and uh, well actually it comes down to the writing of the book it doesn't come down to the production value or anything like that they didn't change they didn't change the ending of the book that's the ending that the book had. That's the ending the movie has. And I always had a problem with this. J.R.R. 
Yeah, I always, bastard. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> dead dumbass. Um, actually, I won't say that. I think he, hey, I, he was brilliant. I honestly, yeah, I honestly believe he was one of the most brilliant writers in the fifties and sixties. And uh, I know that you're not a big fan of the Silmarillion. Never um, made it through it. I I I don't think that I'm a big fan of the Silmarillion, but I'm saddened at the fact that he died before he got to the prologue mm. to this. I mean, we had the Hobbit, we had the Lord of the Rings. He went back forward with the Silmarillion. And then he was talking about coming out and doing the the book after. Hmm. Which would have been great. Yeah. Uh, but we never got it. Anyways, um, I I think at this point in time, we've got to talk about something that, that we haven't been able to talk about the entire time, which is uh, you have two areas you have the director of photography andrew lesney who was absolutely incredible oh yeah with everything that was going on and what was awesome about what he was doing was he was not only filming with real film but he was also filming digitally and he was putting all that crap together oh god damn you gotta love that though. That's tough twenty years ago. It'd be easy today, but twenty years ago, holy cow. Now I give him a ton of credit, but I have to go and land on Howard Shore. I the mean, music was just on point every step of the way for what at not even six hours nine ten hours of extended movie holy cow just i i don't know how else to say uh, uh there was there was one film uh civil uh gettysburg okay that hans zimmer did and i i would say that he was incredible with that with that storyline Howard was 10 times better <laughs> he figured out a way to make every scene flow not just that he got the audience to freaking just pull their bodies into that scene he he attached a very specific riff or motif to every person and 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 every area and blended them flawlessly for hours and hours of music i mean it's just it's a, a magnificent achievement on his part okay and and time consuming and pain in the ass. oh my god i can't even imagine 
the hours of writing that poor guy went through to get this all to flow as beautifully as it did. Give me 30 seconds of your time here. Are you ready? I do it. See, we're in the Shire. Okay, so we we have hobbits there, correct? We're in the Shire. Hang on. And there is a hobbit under theme. Is the that's the fellowship that is the fellowship that is the fellowship right there and every time that they came back together you heard it yeah so hang on Sounds like Isengard and the orcs. Nazgul. Ah. So every time, every prancing pony. Yeah, uh, when the Nazgul are rolling in, yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. At the top of the tower, when they're they're cooking bacon, it is the same. He was so phenomenally good at building a score that that enhances each part of the film. And that little piece of music is is a little reminiscent of Hermina Burana, if yes. you're familiar with that piece of music. Yes. Yeah. So you literally have the I mean, even with the music that uh, Carmina Burana, um, it's something that is specific to a certain movie. And and that's the way that he he kind of went into this. He had a bass sound. He here. Every everybody had their theme. He, every group had their theme. Every area had their theme. Yeah, you know, like when you went to Rohan, you knew it was Rohan. So this bit of music was the fellowship. The fellowship. But you heard this music all the way through the movie. 
and and the Hobbit theme is slightly in the foreground there. Yes, just it. He he was brilliant, and it made sense that he won a Tony or uh, an Oscar. Uh, Oscar, yeah. I mean, th- his shit was on par with and possibly slightly better than Williams. So, uh, uh, as far as not not necessarily trivia, this was nominated for what thirty one. 11. 11 Oscars and won all 11 Oscars. Yeah. Um, we won't go into all the other things they were nominated for and won because they won. Well, it was the top winning show for the year. Oh, yeah. Nobody else won that many awards. Titanic and Ben-Hur are the only two other films to win 11 Academy Awards ever. So... I've got about nine minutes to do some trivia with you guys. And then Burke and I are going to have to spend 10 minutes to rate this film. Let me ask you a question, Burke. Sure. Did you know to get enough extras for the battle at the Black Gates, a few hundred? Oh, I already went through that. Yep, yeah, you did. They were all military. All military. Uh, John Reyes suffered constant rashes from wearing the Gimli makeup. John Reese Davies, yes. Yes. Aragorn uh, broke his toe. Legolas broke some ribs. When they were all running around, they were all had broken bones. I, I will re I will re say this piece of trivia that you already mentioned, but it always cracks me up sir peter jackson was so distraught with the experience dealing with harvey weinstein and bob weinstein that (laughs) he put an overlay of two oversized trolls when i mentioned i mentioned that in the last podcast yeah when they had his there were three names on the screen the three producers, because he had to have them there. And there was one human or one orc and two oh, big God. ass trolls. <laughs> uh, the final the final day of filming of the hang on. Let me take a sip here. And he's only drinking beer. Dude, I just rinsed with water because my mouth is dry. <laughs> The final day of filming of on the trilogy actually happened over a month after this film was theatrically released. How the hell is that? The final day of filming uh, on the trilogy actually happened over a month after this film was theatrically released. Are they talking about the second film, maybe? And three weeks after the 2004 Academy Awards, Sir Peter Jackson arranged to have to film one final shot of skulls on the floor in the tunnel of the paths of death, which was included in the extended version. Yes. Okay. That all makes sense now. Uh, the last spoken line of the movie, well, I'm back, 
is also the last line of the book. They included a lot of the book's lines into the characters' lines that were the titles of the chapters, which I think we talked about in a previous one. The movie made a 1,408% profit. That's that's okay. <laughs> they deserved it. Wow. Uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy became the most nominated film franchise in the Academy Awards history with 30 nominations, surpassing The Godfather, which had 29 nominations, Ooh. and Star Wars which had 21 wow nominations uh, great caution was taken for the scene where faramir is dragged back to ministeris on his horse the filmmakers were afraid that the horse might suddenly bolt dragging david david yeah david wernham behind it so essentially they had a real horse dragging the real and the real actor not not a stunt man the real actor dragging behind a horse that's crazy so basically wernham wernham held a handle in his right hand Mm. that he was to use to stop the horse if it took off (laughs) <laughs> that's crazy i never heard that one holy shit hang on a second i'm sweating my nuts off <laughs> it's gotta be 110 degrees in the shade out there it is still 96 degrees at, oh. at Nine forty-eight at night. Nine forty-eight. Yeah. So life here sucks, and I actually have to turn everything off except for the air conditioner when I record, because you could hear it, and I'm fucking roasting my nuts off. <laughs> uh, this this movie was originally going to end with a voiceover epilogue by Galadriel. 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 I'll have to fucking edit that out. (laughs) Detailing the fate of the Fellowship of the Rings, just like she did the intro of the first film. Of the first film. Let's see here. Uh, other trivia. Sir Peter Jackson is an arachnophobia. Arachnophobic. Phobiac. Arachnophobic. And based no. the Shalab design on the types of spiders he feared the most. Yeah. Um, so... Let me ask you a question, Burke. 
Yes. How many visual effects shots were filmed in this movie? Hold on, please. 1,489 visual effects shots, which is three times the amount of the first film and twice as many as the second film. Mm. You are a good man. Vigo Mortensen estimates that during the course of filming the trilogy and including all of the takes, he killed every stuntman in the production at least 50 <laughs> times. <laughs> during one of the shots filming, the charge of the Rohi uh, Rohirrim, Rohirrim a rider fell off the back of his horse. Ooh. All the horses that came behind him miraculously managed to miss him. Damn. And here's 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 the fabulous part to know. Um they had almost 500 horses. It was like 3 3 to 400 actual real horse and riders for that scene yeah yeah and well i'm kind of mixing up scenes here over the filming they had over 500 horses that, that, that could they be true used. yeah so that's a lot of horses to be running around a person now that last scene with the horses like a third of the riders were women and they literally just glued beards onto them to make them look like men because they couldn't find enough men horse riders to fulfill what they wanted to show on film all right um According to a magazine article, Sir Peter Jackson hated the Army of the Dead, hmm. thinking it was too unbelievable. He kept it in the script because he did not wish to disappoint diehard fans. Hmm. I have read books where I have kind of misinterpreted what the author was trying to say, so I'm, I'm going to go... I honestly thought it was real men, but I will go with that interpretation then. Oh, hey, with what you just said, I mm -hmm. have this. The live-action Rohan army was made up of several hundred New Zealander extras mm -hmm. who responded to an open casting call. They asked for anyone who could ride a horse. <laughs> Many of them were women who had to perform as male riders. The only women in the Rohirrim huge assault is Eowyn. So, yes, there were a lot of people that were uh, female dressed up to be male. Yep. It is the highest perfect score at the Academy Awards with 11 wins out of 11 nominations. Yep. 
You know, I, I don't think I have any more to go. So, at this point in time, we have eight minutes left. Do you want to wrap it up or come back? No, let's wrap it up. Okay. What do you think of this movie? As I have said before, I like the first one the most. However, this film here, to me, is the most satisfying. It wraps up everything. The action's phenomenal. The acting is phenomenal. The photography is phenomenal. The, the special effects are phenomenal. The story arcs are phenomenal. I, it, it, in this film, Sam Wise is almost the hero of this film. I mean, his unwavering optimism keeps him and Frodo going the whole time. Uh, the two times he goes into battle, into unbeatable situations, he still comes out on top. And even though he can't carry the ring, he can carry Frodo. He is really the true hero of this particular film. Um, as a whole, it, it, if no one has seen these three films before, dear God in heaven, look them up, rent them, find them. It, they, they are a staple of sci-fi and fantasy and just good filmmaking period out there even if you don't like fantasy movies you'll probably like these movies they have so much to offer the the, the, the if you like nothing but music watch these films the music is incredible if you like special effects watch these films these films are incredible if you like story writing, watch these films. They're incredible. There's nothing There's nothing really bad about these films. The second one plods along a little bit, but it's just kind of par for the course. Most second films... We need a few good taters. Potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. I had to talk you into putting that in there. <laughs> nah, man, these I, films you, are just you know, so good. It's just so good. You you got to see them at least once. Here's the thing. I, I can't add any more to what you said. Um, but I will reiterate a couple of things. And that's that this is probably the best made films to recreate books that came out in the 2000 era. This may be the best movie based on books ever up to this point. And I'm going to say that because these new Dune movies look really good and they could I think there's only going to be two of them. But damn, these things look and feel really good. You know what? I think I think the issue that I have with what you just said is that 
I have Lord of the Rings and I have Harry Potter. Yeah. And I don't think anyone can beat it. Uh, well, okay. If well, you've wait, been wait, wait. if you've if you've been a Dune fan, I have these s- new movies might just do it for you. I have Star Trek. I have Harry Potter and I have Lord of the Rings. The Dune stuff I have to see the movies. Have you read the books? I I love the books. Okay, okay. I love the original Dune. Yeah. Oh, I do too. Absolutely. And I'm intrigued in seeing what the new movies do. Oh, you've not seen the the the, the first one yet? No. Oh God, it's beautiful. But it it is beautiful. But it, here's the thing: we're talking about Lord of the Rings right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dune is going to be something that we can come back to. Yeah. Right now, at this point in time, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and Star Wars are all in the box. Yep. Dune's not there yet. Not yet. We shall see. We shall. Now, with that said, which which trilogy which well you can't even say tri- you don't does lord of the rings beat harry potter god damn that's a tough question that's a seriously tough question i don't even know where i'd be on that this is tough because Lord of the Rings is, is based on such a beloved book that's been around for so long. And Peter Jackson's vision and and drive to make this as good a movie representation of the books, and that's a completely different thing than the books. You, you, you couldn't take Lord of the Rings and do it scene for scene as a movie it would not be popular the second movie would just kill you're walking you're walking you're walking you're it'd be all walking but peter moved some stuff around made it interesting his god his drive and his passion for this movie series was unparalleled getting everyone on board with that drive and that passion showed so much in these performances the fact that he built his own cgi department to make his vision come true shows his drive and passion for these movies it's kind of unparalleled i don't think you'll ever see anything of its like again um i i I I, I have to get one half point better than Harry Potter at this point. Wow. Wow. Um, 
Now, if you want to talk about it later on, we can do that. But I mean, like the Harry Potter movies compared to the books, shit jumped around. He had too many directors. He had too many different visions. He had too many different set changes. There was not the continuity and 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 the complete package that this trilogy had that you got in Harry Potter. And I love Harry Potter to Holy death. cow. This is I I'm actually impressed that you're bringing all this up because I I agree with you. Now if you take the first Harry Potter movie mm. and put it up against the, the Lord, of the Rings, Lord of the Rings the Fellowship of the Rings, I think Harry Potter wins. It might it fucking might but when you take the rest of the shows the rest of the movies and put it up against the Lord of the Rings it loses I think and, so and that's I mean I still put Harry Potter in the box. oh dude it's in the box it's totally in the box but I think that Peter Jackson I here's the difference and and you brought it up Peter Jackson was the only director on the Lord of the Rings. So there was continuity through the whole thing. It flowed. It it flowed from beginning to end. You could watch the last film first. You could watch. It doesn't matter. They all yeah. flow. I mean, you, you look at the first three movies in the Harry Potter series, and then you look at Prisoner of Azkaban. Total difference yeah very big shift in tone and look and whatever yeah i mean the, you know yeah the, the, i i think as a whole this is a better series than harry potter's in movies i would i would i would agree with you all right on that note is there anything else we need to discuss about the lord of the rings no it is in our box <laughs> it's in the box guys it's locked behind the counter only the manager has the key the first the very first film to go into the box all right guys this is the last film review that we're going to do for about a month a long long time and you have not told us what we are going to do next because mm. this was my stupid idea well this was your stupid idea <laughs> at this point in time i'm not gonna make anything uh, uh permanent i am in the process right now of talking with a few people I want to get some interviews together. We're going to go back into music. Oh, sweet. Cool. I don't know exactly which direction we're going, but I'm talking with publicists for a couple of people. I would like to get some interviews brought in. And I would like to... I, I think the next big show that we're going to do is going to have multiple people and we're going to discuss how music 
older music is making a difference in the world today and still making its mark. We have songs from Kate Bush being played in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Kate Bush, Tears for Fears, all of these groups making some big soon, big tunes. Alrighty then. There we go. Yeah, all of these groups are making some big moves in the world of music right now. And it's I'm finding it interesting. So I kinda wanna get some of uh some of a younger person's view on what's going on. Actually what I think I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have multiple people. Multiple generations. Let's all sit down and talk and see how music is advancing culture right now. Okay. Because politics suck. Nah, I'm not gonna talk about that. You know, I let's 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 put it into music. We haven't talked about music for a hot second. I'm I'm down with that. So look at this. My eyes are like squinted. I like like <laughs> you're slurring. You're squinty. <laughs> I look I look like Bono. <laughs> Holy hell! I just want to thank all my fans. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's a little more Elvis, but whatever. Uh, all right. Do you have anything else for us? Damn Mr. it, I am I'm spent, man. I'm all good. Um I have bizarre love triangle going. I love this tune. Name the band. Uh it's uh Steve Ray Vaughn. No, it's uh the Who. No, uh it's not Thompson twins. This is uh No. Um Oh, God damn it. The Burma won't let me think of it. I don't know. This is um, the, the the band, and they broke up, and they formed another band, and this is the cooler version of that band. They, they broke up, and they formed another band, and it, it could be three-quarter. I don't care. Who is it? New Order. Yes. No, they, they was a, they, they, yeah, I was half right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take off here. Um, y'all have a good time. I hope you've enjoyed all of the downloads that you've had for the past three weeks. And dear God, have there been a bunch of them. We are now in real time. We have no buffers whatsoever. Thank you very much, Scott. Yeah, you're welcome. You All right, you. everyone. Enjoy your week. I can't wait to hear from you. Um, remember, DavisandDavisShow.com. You can go and see what's coming on. Facebook page. Please go to our Facebook page. Sam is working her ass off to post stuff and make it look like we actually know what the hell we're doing. Yeah, yeah. 
It's good yeah. stuff there. Yeah, All right, folks. Over. You have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. We're out of here, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>